Oh boy, it is Friday. We are so super thrilled. We got the one and only Claude Knowlton to come on the show to talk about anything and everything. This guy's been around for a while and rocking and rolling in the television game. Absolutely, man. His story is one of the most interesting ones that we've heard about how he got started in the industry. It just cements the fact that somebody, whether whatever power you believe in, puts you on that path, man, and just goes where you're supposed to go. It's an awesome story. Exactly. And I mean, it might be a vampire path because this guy's <laughs> played multiple different vampires, whether it being in like a Heineken commercial or in the latest Supergirl uh, season. So, I mean, it's very interesting. This guy is awesome. The up-and-comers are going to love this one, but that is later on the show. Now, let's get a little crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 159 this week. Uh, again, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm shocked. 159. We are just a mere 41 away, guys. 41 away from 200 episodes. It's bonkers. It's going by so fast. Like, just yesterday was our 100th episode. Yeah, right? It, not really. Right? Not really. Not really. <laughs> it's like flying, man. But it feels like it. It uh, really it's does. It's so awesome. And you guys know your host with the most, myself, J-Lo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What's up? Guys, we got a lot to talk about in the industry news segment. Like, there is so much going down in Hollywood. Like, so much more Marvel news this week. What? A lot of possibilities. Big name actors being attached to some big projects, yes. which we're super excited about. But then, of course, the streaming wars is alive and well and netflix kind of falling behind a little bit mm. i mean still at the top of the pack but not as much as they would like to be so it's going to be very interesting to dive deep into that but it's crazy man it's absolutely wild but before we get this thing started you guys know you can head over to our website www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We have new merchandise right now available on the website. Be sure to check that out. And we got big savings coming soon, so yeah. stay tuned for that. And be sure to follow us at Crazy Ant Media and at ItCap Podcast to stay up to date and to know when those big savings are coming because you're going to want to know. And, of course, you guys know you can start showing some love to the guys you love by donating to our Patreon page. That is on there as well. Go to our website, click on the link, and start rocking and rolling with that. And, of course, be sure to head over to Podcast magazine to vote for us for the hot 50 podcast so yes we are super excited but before we get into all the craziness all the ooh ah ooh there's some sad news <laughs> there's some really sad news Thanks. alma Wahlberg, the matriarch of the Wahlberg clan and you guys have seen her on Wahlburgers. everybody knows that reality tv show a about the Wahlbergs and them trying to upstart their family food business. She has passed away this week at the young age of 78. It's really sad. I mean, we just both got done watching uh, Wall Street, yeah. the Mark Wahlberg story, and it was crazy. His mother and his family in general impact him so much, so I know this was a hard loss for them this week. Definitely, definitely. And some touching tributes by both the boys uh, you know, uh, on social media, and just, yeah, never easy, never easy. And then another huge name in Hollywood that yeah, that you guys are sure to know, Helen McCrory. You guys know she played Draco Mafal's mother in 
in Harry Potter, and she was most recently um, Polly Gray in uh, Peaky Blinders, which was a phenomenal. I did not know this, though. She was married to Damian Lewis from mm. Billions and from yep. Homeland. Had no idea that they were married. Um, but Helen lost her battle with cancer uh, at the age of 52. Mm. That's scary. Um, McCrory's husband, like I said, Damien Lewis, shared the news, writing that McCrory died as she lived fearlessly. Uh, I mean, and that says, uh, wraps it up. I mean, all of her, just in real life and every character, it seemed like she portrayed was fearless and strong and and independent and a fighter. And um, it's sad. It's sad when somebody loses their battle that young and... um, but she lived a life. So. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And all the Harry Potter fans can now tell that you have not watched Harry Potter. Draco. Draco Malfoy. Oh, hey. Yeah, I'm well, just saying. You know, I'm just saying. You got to get on that one and Game of Thrones. You're behind. You're behind. But yeah. it's all good. Let's jump yeah. into the Disney news. They have set a massive movie licensing pack with Sony Pictures for U.S. Uh, that promises to bring Spider-Man and other Marvel properties that are at Sony at the moment to Disney+. Plus. Which, I mean, you know, we've been talking talking about that like theorizing about that uh with sony's 2022 release slate now this a wide-ranging deal which runs through sony's 2026 theatrical release slate also calls for sony titles to run across all of disney's streaming platforms and linear television platforms making this an unprecedented in scope as it covers disney plus hulu fx networks abc disney channel and freeform and now that also includes a significant number of library titles to spread all among these outlets uh hulu will gain access to what disney described as a significant number of library titles starting in june so stay tuned for that yeah so yeah that means not just the spider-man movie yeah (laughs) and by the way not just the tom holland spider-man you're talking venom and like any of the spin-off stuff on sony's side of spider-man also spider-man into the spider-verse all that stuff so that's badass yeah right and it's about time because and look we, we we've said this before but you know we're almost positive Tom Holland's Spider-Man is not going anywhere, and the MCU deal to keep using Spider-Man whenever they want to is not going anywhere because deals like this don't happen unless that's in in place. Yeah. I mean, fact. (laughs) Speaking of Marvel, though, and MCU, this was epic. If you guys missed this one, you should go back and find it and look because it was pretty smooth. The first look at Marvel's upcoming movie, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, aka the Master of Kung Fu, Shang-Chi, has been revealed, and none other than Shang-Chi himself, Simu Liu. He gifted the Marvel fans at the beginning of this week with a look at the Shang-Chi poster and his first look at the superhero costume, and also revealed the teaser trailer. Now, as you guys know, this is based on the Marvel Comics character Shang-Chi uh, and stars Simu, which, duh. And he's a martial artist who's been trained to be an assassin since childhood by the Ten Rings Terror Organization. Then he tries to escape to a normal life in San Francisco where he meets Aquafina. I'm go. not even kidding. Aquafina is in this and she looks fantastic. Um, now, the movie will also revisit the classic villain Mandarin, who you guys remember was played by Ben Kingsley, but then it turned out he's not the real Mandarin and he was an imposter. It looks like now the real Mandarin, which could be Shang-Chi's daddy. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's, that's certainly what they're implying. 
is going to be revealed. So this is really exciting. I'm super pumped about this. This trailer kind of showed everything. It looked like an old kung fu movie, and then it looked like a modern action MCU movie, but then an 80s buddy cop movie. It was brilliant. I don't know how they're going to merge all that together, but it was badass. Yeah, it looks very entertaining. I'm really excited to see that. Definitely. Other exciting news happening at Marvel. They have tapped the Falcon and the Winter Soldier head writer Malcolm Spellman to write the screenplay for a new Captain America movie with Falls staff writer Delon Moosen. And this news comes as the same day that Falls concludes its sixth season on Disney+. Plus. No casting for the project has officially been put out there yet, but, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going around, especially with the last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier airing today, and boy, was it a good one. Yes. So there's a lot more story to be told. I guess that could be Caw-Caws now instead of Falls, because yeah, it's right. Captain America and the Winter Soldier now. I, a nice touch at the end when they changed to that, too. That's, like, badass. Yeah. I, I thought that was epic. But more casting news for more Marvel shows because Disney Plus is like MCU Central right now. Olivia Coleman, yes. Oscar winner Olivia Coleman, the crown, the queen herself, Olivia Coleman, apparently is in negotiations to join Secret Invasion. Mm. Now you guys know what that one is. That's the one on Disney Plus where um uh, Fury is coming back. Remember, he was revealed in the scrolls, and they like they took and they took over bodies, and they like secretly replaced people and everything. That's what the secret invasion storyline is going to be now. The plot details are, of course, being kept under wraps. We're still going to find those wraps somewhere. But the infiltration scrolls on Earth figures into the proceedings. Duh. And of course, we have no idea who Coleman will play. No idea. No idea. I mean, the queen herself, though. We shall see. We yes. shall see. And. Uh, speaking of another queen, Khaleesi, uh, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones is also in final nego- negotiations to join Secret Invasion. Like Coleman, her role is being kept well under wraps. This marks her first foyer in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, obviously, as we previously just said, Samuel Jackson and so many others coming along. There's a lot of rumors here that uh, maybe Spider-Woman. Remember, they hinted that a Spider-Woman movie was on the plan, on the docket to be made, and I think that would be brilliant, Yeah, honestly. she would be badass. She would be badass in that. Hey, you know what else is on Disney Plus? It's not just MCU Central. It's also Star Wars Central, and we know the Obi-Wan show is coming, right? Well, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series at Disney Plus has cast Maya Erskine. That's fantastic. Details on Erskine's roles are being kept under wraps. Where the fuck are these wraps, man? We need to know. Are they healthy wraps? I hope they're healthy wraps. Erskine's best known, as you guys know, for co-creating and co-starring in the Hulu comedy series Pen15. So Mm. that's exciting, man. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. Another interesting thing is going to be the Academy Awards this Sunday. And by the way, we're having an Oscar watch party. You can watch us live on Twitter and YouTube. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. We'll be live the the whole... Okay, whatever. We'll be be live the whole (laughs) three hours, so stay tuned for that but the academy has announced that it is not asking their oski oscar attendees to wear face mask while the cameras are rolling during the um the event but they will be asked to put their mask back on during commercial breaks and whenever they feel comfortable but they have announced that this is going to be basically a tv and film production like people on camera will not be required to wear a mask however like i said when it's not on them they will be going back uh, for example, like mask on during commercial breaks. So they're just trying to be as safe as possible. And it's really going to be cool because it's going to be in Union Station. So I'm excited yeah. to see how that's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, 
the artwork, the deco, I mean, that they released a picture of looked fantastic. So yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, you know, the whole ensemble cast presentation and the whole movie theme, which makes sense. Duh, it's the Oscars. Well done, Academy. Movie themed. Uh, <laughs> uh, indie film stalwarts, you, get, you know, Nancy Utley and Stephen Giuli are retiring as co-chairman of Searchlight Pictures. This was kind of a, a surprise, but... The longtime executives and producers behind the unit, formerly known as Fox Searchlight, which you guys know has switched when Disney bought it, will be replaced by executives David Greenbaum and Matthew Greenfield. Utley and Gila each served more than two decades at the label, um, offering consistency and prestige cinema through ownership changes and market transformation. Now, the news comes as Searchlight's Nomadland, that's why this is a biggie, is the front runner for best picture for the Oscars. So that what a swan song that would be if that's the way they go out. Like, yeah, Oscar, best picture. It's like, just saying. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> So good. And then, of course, the newbies, they're going to report still to Disney content chairman Alan Bergman and chief creative officer Alan Horn. It makes sense, man. It makes sense. And something else that makes sense is a new Pixar animated short based on the characters in the Oscar-nominated Soul. They like to do these a lot with their huge blockbuster animated movies. True. Make little short films on them. Now, this one's going to debut on Disney Plus on April 30th. So, And it's going to be a prequel to the events in Soul. And the story is going to follow the skeptical Soul 22. Voiced by Tina Fey, uh, long before she met Joe Gardner. For the short film, Soul editor editor uh, Kevin Nolting will be stepping into the director's chair. That's cool. So that's really cool, keeping it all in the family and giving people new opportunities. Absolutely, man. And I love when they get to step up and do that. This is going to be interesting to figure out Soul's story before Joe. That's yeah. going to be really cool. Um, hey, you know who else is really cool? Justin Simeon. He's mm. fantastic. You guys know him, the director of, and creator of Dear White People and Bad Hair. Well, he's been tapped to direct Disney. Disney's new The Haunted Mansion remake. Oh, another remake. Remember the old one another with Eddie one, Murphy? Yeah. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, exactly. Didn't do too well. So why make it? So so well. Apparently, they want to see if they can try again. Though taking inspiration as the first one did from the speaky theme park. Speaky, 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 speaky. From the spooky (laughs) theme park ride. Plot details have been kept under wraps for the upcoming live action movie. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense because you know. even they probably don't know what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. But hey, Justin Simeon is extremely talented and a like a brilliant creator, so it's in good hands. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, Michael Mitnick has been set to write the Jim Henson biopic Muppet Man for Disney and the Jim Henson Company. Now, it's currently in development, and the live-action film will chart the life and times of the legendary puppeteer, creator of the Muppets, Fragile Rock, and many of the Sesame Uh Street characters. That's Fraggle Rock, my friend. Fraggle Rock. I'm sorry, I'm not old. I don't. No, I know things. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> as well as director of a few cult <laughs> films like The Dark Crystal. Uh, the movie will focus on Henson's journey to convince broadcasters that the Muppets was a great idea and how he worked to get the characters on air, where they became a comedy staple. Now, Henson's daughter Lisa Henson uh, is producing it with the Jim Henson Company. That's fantastic. It's really cool. I mean, it's going to be a really cool movie because yeah. his story is, I mean, phenomenal. And and to see the fight to get it on PBS, who eventually picked it up, I, it's going to be an awesome Hell one. Hell yeah. All right. Now, following a competitive auction, because there's always a competitive auction in Hollywood, 20th Century Studios has acquired the rights to the feature film, No One Will Save You. Mm. Now, why is this going to be really cool? First of all, it's still under wraps. 
<laughs> no one knows. No, no one knows. Burrito no one knows. wraps, That's chicken right. wraps. I, we don't know. Chicken, yeah. Like, it, it, just tell me it's not a lettuce wrap. Yeah, I mean, I'm all gross. about health food, but lettuce wraps. They suck. Anyway, you know what's really cool? Caitlin Deaver is attached to this, and mm. she's Hollywood's it girl right now. Yeah. I mean, she is legitimately, like, everywhere. So that's cool. We don't know anything else about it, but 20th Century Fox paid a lot of money for it, and Caitlin Deaver's going to star in it. Exciting so stuff. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Now, this literally broke right before we started recording. <sighs> and Fucking I'm sad. wild. We've been talking about this the past couple weeks, and I'm kind of surprised. But ABC has passed on the untitled Alec Baldwin slash Kelsey Grammer multi-camera comedy. The decision was made after the network's executives saw the first, uh, the finished pilot episode and the project starring Baldwin and Grammer and Alec Mappa uh, have had a straight-to-series order. Now the studio behind the comedy, 20th uh, Television, is now shopping the pilot written by Modern Family's Chris Lloyd uh, and directed by James Burroughs, and they're shopping it to other networks and streamers so yeah very interesting hey they got paid yeah they had a straight exactly. to series order with a penalty on it paid. so they still got paid and then grammar's like see it going to frazier that's fine like, <laughs> I mean, not worried. all is good all is good baldwin might be worried but Baldwin's grammar's like, like well, i'm out of there cecilia Suarez and augusto aguilera have joined the abc drama pilot promised land mm. now as we've told you this is the show described as an epic generation spanning drama about two latinx families vying for wealth and power in california's sonoma valley yeah you remember i'm definitely down for this one all the way the pair joins previously announced cast members john ortiz christina ocha and mariel molino suarez is going to star as letty sandoval the matriarch of the sandoval family a wealthy vineyard owning family in the sonoma valley letty will do anything to keep her family with all its fraying allegiances intact now she is the proud fortune of the sandovals and have built the arrival of a figure from letty's past soon causes her to question whether the cost of achieving the American dream is too damn much. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Aguilera, however, is going to play Mateo Sandoval, the hardworking, highly capable general manager of the Heritage Vineyard. As the stepson to the patriarch, Joe Sandoval, he has never felt fully accepted by the wealthy vineyard-owning family. Well, what the fuck, y'all? Make him feel accepted. Mateo finds himself at a crossroads when a young immigrant who reminds him of his roots arrives to work at the household. Mm. This sounds deep. It does. This sounds like a kick-ass primetime soap opera type thing, bringing it back. Like, uh, I I don't know. It's got wine, so it's going to be good. It's going to be good. (laughs) It's going to be good. Oh, my goodness. Well, TV prolific pilot director James Griffith has been tapped to direct and executive produce ABC's fairytale drama pilot Epic from yes. Once Upon a Time creators Adam Horowitz and Edward Kitkis, Kitsis from and ABC Signature. Shooting is currently underway in Ireland. Ah! Uh, Epic is starring Brittany O'Grady and is described as a romantic anthology series that reinvents fairy tales for a new audience. So very exciting. Oh. I mean, fairy tales are a big thing right now. That's so. true. So I grab mean. your Blarney Stone in a pub, huh? And uh, go have some fun. All right. There it is. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, can you grab a Blarney Stone? I don't even know. Uh, Tracy Ashley is developing a comedy series inspired by her life and stand-up at Fox with Wanda Sykes and Tiffany Haddish on board as executive producers. Now, it's titled Tracy's Life Matters. Okay. 
All right. Everybody's does, but yeah. Tracy's does too. The single camera show follows Tracy, a savvy, independent black woman who moves with her white husband to his hometown in rural Indiana. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Indiana. All right. Interesting. There, she must deal with a challenging career in sales and a mother-in-law who has Karen-like tendencies. Mm. The project has received a script commitment with a penalty attached, and we see how that worked out. Yeah, right. <laughs> you we'll get paid see. no matter what. Oh, man. All right. Everybody has a Karen in their life. So Everybody has a Karen. It's true. It, it makes sense. Well, Viola Davis and Julius Tennant's Javi Productions has set comedy unfuckables at Hulu for a development. Best name. Uh, co-written by Jeremy Hu uh, from Jimmy Kimmel Live and loosely inspired by his own experience, Unfuckables is set in a world of dating that there's a dating pool and there's a bottom of it. Well, it meets two best friends who, against their wishes, live their full-time an Asian-American and an African-American female best friends who are determined to no longer be deemed by unfuckable mm. so i guess they feel unfuckable I, I think that's what it is yeah at the bottom of that dating pool you know mm, you know who's getting risky i mean they Shit. are they are like you know but hey if you want to run with it run with it yeah, uh, right? i mean that's a great name by More the way power it's just, too. yeah and by the way everybody come on it's not right to treat people like that everybody's fuckable that's Fine. right everybody's fuckable come on come on <laughs> Who are we, people? Who are we? Hulu has acquired the U.S. rights to Peter Nix's 2021 Sundance documentary, Homeroom. I'm excited about this one because this sounds really good, which captures a year in the institutionalized struggle in Oakland's public school system. Executive produced by the one and only Ryan Coogler himself. Yeah, buddy. He's such a badass. Homeroom and two other documentaries by Nix about Oakland and The Waiting Room about local health care and the criminal justice focus, The Force, oh, will launch as a film trilogy on the platform later this year. That's awesome. Damn. Ryan Coogler is getting it done. That's Just, awesome. If you don't think these are going to be good, go back and watch Fruitvale Station and then like tune in for these because yep. the man knows. He's exactly. on it, man. Exactly. Well, we're going back in time, apparently, because <laughs> uh, How I Met Your Mother, yes, get this, guys, a sequel series titled uh, How I Met Your Father has been ordered at Hulu. And with Hilary Duff, a star, freaking amazing, amazing, I shall say. She <laughs> is attached to star in this thing. Uh, per the logline in the near future, Sophie, who would be played by Duff, is telling her son the story of how she met his father. A story that uh, catapults us back to the year 2021, where Sophie and her close-knit group of friends are in the midst of figuring out who they are and what they want out of life and how to fall in love in the age of dating apps and limitless options. Mm -hmm. According to an individual with knowledge of the project, it remains unclear how slash if the new show will tie into the original, which it kind of doesn't sound like it. No, but yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm excited because I love Hillary Duff. <laughs> Okay. They're going to have to do COVID. Yeah. Because you can't have a dating hole no. trying to find your mom in 2021 or find your dad, whatever, it, without COVID. Yeah, so that, exactly. I think even if they don't tie it into the original, they could at least do cameo. Because if this is set in New York City, which I think it is, you can, you can see Barney going by in the background. Yeah. I mean, you well, know. Well, I mean, just, everybody needs an architect. That's right. right so, you I know. mean, just have them show up. Yeah. They, they accidentally go into their bar. Exactly. Like the, I mean, you know. Something like that. And I'm excited about this, too, because... I mean, we all know how the Lizzie McGuire reboot or revamp happened, so I'm happy she has more work. 
I wonder if this was the payoff for that. Maybe. Like, listen, I, I know we we don't want to move forward with that, but we're going to throw you a bone anyway. We're going to give yeah. you how like, I met listen, your father. Listen. You know, I mean, it seems fair because it is the same it, Hulu, so I don't know. All right. Hey, jump into the bunny. Wow, that was a lot of Disney news. Jump into the bunny. HBO Max much like Disney, has continued its growth curve in the first quarter of 2021. The streamer gained about 3 million total subscribers sequentially. And at the end of March, HBO Max slash HBO combined had 44.2 million domestic customers. That's up 2.7 million from 41.5 million at the end of 2020. Mm. So that's awesome. Not anywhere near Disney Plus levels, but I mean, they're gaining and they're gaining more than they had thought they were, which later on we're going to tell you somebody that didn't. <laughs> yeah, right. So. I'm super excited about this, though, because like I said earlier uh, this week in a tweet, uh, they're the most underrated streaming service with a lot of great content. We all know that Disney is by far killing it right now and about to pass Netflix going going to be the best in subscribers and content. But HBO Max has some really good, valuable, dark, gritty content, adult content. They I do. think the part where they're lacking is the family content. Yeah. They have Cartoon Network, but they need a big, like children's movie franchise well, you know what they're doing they're not pushing their 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 biggest asset bugs bunny looney tunes they're like why aren't you guys just like pushing that like yeah although it could be like with what disney i mean all a lot of those old looney tunes cartoons and bugs bunny cartoons are controversial well and there even that now of, they're making re- new ones now yeah so, so i mean i, mean, I don't even, yeah. yeah they're not pushing that but i mean then again bugs bunny and all of them haven't been as popular since like late 90s really so i mean you know i feel like they got to rework some things not with making another figurehead like a mickey mouse or bugs bunny but they got to rework some things in the sense of making new content it's funny because disney actually capitalized on warner brothers with the animaniacs i know (laughs) you would have thought warner brothers would have done the one anime but no no they didn't do it i I mean it's literally based on the warner brothers it literally i mean oh wow but exciting news finally got a confirmation from this one i mean we've been talking about this for a while and been hoping for the best but michael keaton's talent agency icm partners has confirmed that keaton will reprise his role of batman nearly 30 years in the upcoming flash film now the film both keaton and ben affleck will portray their own version of bruce wayne now each interacting with barry on his journey to fix the reality that he fucked up Yep. So it's going to be very interesting. I'm just super fucking stoked that Batman is coming back. I am too. I mean, like Keaton is definitively my Batman. Yeah. Like, so I'm just, I'm so pumped. And and rumor has it that his Batmobile has been spotted on set. Mm. And that's the best Batmobile. I'm sorry. I loved the Tumblr and shit, but that fucking 89 Batmobile was bad yeah. ass. I'm just saying. Exactly. Hey, you know what else is badass? Micah Joe Parker, Win Everett, and our buddy and former guest, Miles Musadin, is Anita Kathira and Gina Hizrami have all joined the season three of Doom Patrol with Madeline Horsher, Ty Tennant, and Sebastian Croft set to guest star. Now, all five of these regulars are part of the sisterhood of Dada. Mm. Parker will play quiet, thoughtful Malcolm. Everett will be the charming, seductive Shelly. Byron, a.k.a. The Fog. Musadin will play the cryptic Lloyd Jefferson, a.k.a. Frenzy. 
Kaltharo will portray the lighthearted Holly McKenzie, aka Sleepwalk, and Hirazumi will play Shakaha, Shakihiku, Kuku, Sachiko, Sachiko. There you go. Yes. All right, there it is. There it is. AKA the Quiz, whose crippling phobias mask awe-inspiring powers. This is really cool, though. This is like a crazy-ass group in the comics, y'all. So, like, I love that they're taking chances and just bringing in these like wicked crazy people onto the show. It's just it, more so why you love Doom Patrol. Yeah. Because they're 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 taking chances. They're bringing into and you, they always leave you going, "What the fuck?" Right. Like, yeah, what did I just so, watch? And that's gonna happen with this. I could just see it. So funny, man. So funny. Well, Dove Cameron and Jordan Fisher will star in the Warner Brothers slash HBO Max movie Field Notes Ooh. on our Field Notes on Love, based on Jennifer e. Smith's uh, 2019 romance novel, uh, co-adapting our Smith and Lauren Graham in Field Notes on Love. Hugo is dumped by his girlfriend before their long-planned romantic train trip across America. She leaves him with the tickets, which are non-transferable, uh, and booked under her name. Meanwhile, May is reeling from being rejected from UC, uh, USC's film school oh. when she stumbles across Hugo's ad for a replacement. Now, she's a certain, or she is certain it's exactly the adventure she needs to shake off the disappointment and jumpstart her next film. So, I mean, that sounds very exciting. It does. I mean, actually, I mean, you know, and Lauren Graham is behind it. So if Lauren Graham is behind it, it's going to be good. Exactly. I'm, I'm so glad, though, that she's taken this whole, like, writing thing. She's done the novels, and now she's parlaying it into film and television. And, like, yeah. that's fantastic, man. Agreed. Good for you, Lauren. Come on the show. Please yep, come on the show. do it. <laughs> Adria Arona has been tapped, now we know, uh, to play Andy Garcia's daughter and the bride-to-be in Warner Brothers and Plan B's reboot of Father of the Bride. We were wondering who was going to play Kimberly Williams' role. Now we know. Now, Gaz Alazarki has been set to helm the studio's new reboot, which, as we've reported on previous shows, will revolve around a Cuban-American family with a father coming to grips with his daughter's upcoming wedding through the prism and multiple relationships within a big, sprawling Cuban-American family. Family. I'm excited for that one. I mean, I know it's like the third reincarnation, but it's still, yeah, you know. Yeah, It's going to be hard to c- capture that magic, though. Yeah. Like, Steve Martin and Kimberly Williams, and I, I, it was so good, man. Yeah. I, I'm hoping, though. I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, Devin Atrey has joined the ensemble cast of Steven Soderbergh's next film, the New Line Max original feature, Kimmy. With Zoe Kravitz on board to star, uh, Byron Browers, Jamie Camille, and Jacob Vargas are also on board this thing. Now, the film will premiere exclusively on HBO Max. David Coyp penned the script and will produce with uh, Michael Polair. Now, the plot details, of course, are being kept under wraps. The film <laughs> would mark uh, the second collaboration between Warner Brothers Picture Group, HBO Max, and Soderbergh since the recent restructuring of the studio and the third between Soderbergh and HBO Max. So, I mean, he's making some things happen at HBO and Warner Brothers. Most definitely. Most definitely. Does he know where the raps are? Maybe. If you guys know where the raps are, please tell us. Just just tell us. We want to know. Please. We want to be on the end. We want to be in the room where it happens. Where they make the raps. Where they like, have that's the just where that's. DC Youngfly, best known as a cast member of MTV's long running improv series, Wild and Out, has been added to the cast of New Line's reimagining of the 1990 cult comedy, House Party. <laughs> I liked House Party, but really? Yeah. yeah. Produced by LeBron James, though, and Maverick Carter of the Spring Hill Company. He's joining previously announced stars Jorge Lindenbrog and. 
Colson Cole in the film, which is being directed by Calamatic, marking his feature directorial debut. Reginald Hudlin, who wrote and directed the original film starring hip-hop duo Kid and Play, uh, will serve as executive producer. Now, if you guys aren't familiar, DC Youngfly, who got his start by creating videos and roasts on Vine, was most recently seen playing the musician Sly Stone on American Soul on BET. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, right? It's super crazy. And a guy we actually knew back in the day, Victor Williams, went to high school with him. Wow, yeah. That's like insane. Small world, Small world, yeah. It really is. Now, the series premiere of Kate Winslet's starring limited series, Mayor of Easttown, drew one million viewers on Sunday across HBO and HBO Max, with the premium network saying it marked the second biggest for a series debut on HBO Max behind last week's strong number four, The Nevers. Mayor Easttown's uh, start matched the premiere night formats for the HBO hit Succession and Euphoria in the 10 p.m. Sunday time slot. So, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. They just have a lot of good content that they're putting out there for everyone to watch. And by the way, Succession racking up all the Emmys the past two years. Oh, yeah. So, I'm yeah. telling you, a lot of good stuff on this platform. Check it out. And Euphoria, I mean, Zendaya. Yeah, Hello. exactly. Hello. <laughs> all right. Switching over to the I, Viacom CBS. Uh, this just kind of broke a couple hours ago, too, and we're super pumped because you know, this was everybody. Everybody's wondering what's going on with this one. Well, now we know. NCIS Los Angeles has been renewed. So collective sigh of relief for all you NCIS LA guys. Um, For season 13 at CBS. So bye-bye NOLA, but LA survived. Um, With the broadcast also ordering NCIS Hawaii. Remember we talked about that. That was in development. Well, apparently it's a go. They're ordering it to series. NCIS Hawaii was first announced, like we told you, back in February. So now just because it's a go doesn't mean it will. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's, I you hate to say that, but it's true. I know. But I'm I'm it's NCIS, so I'm yeah, betting it will. Exactly, exactly. Well, actress and comedian and activist Janine Garfalo is guest starring in the seventh and final season of Darren Starr's hit comedy series Younger, mm. which is premiered on uh, Paramount Plus or which is I already did. April 15th. I don't know what day it is. Yeah, no, it's and, fine. <laughs> and Janine first appeared in episode five, which will, uh, there's going to be six episodes, apparently. And she plays Cass DeKinnessy, mm. a dean of the Arts College of New York, having dreamed of becoming an artist in a past life. Cass settled into Academa and marriage to a much younger wife. Now, when Cass offers Maggie a teaching job at her school, she her quiet life gets turned upside down. Oh shit! Yeah, man, damn. yeah. I love Garofalo. I hate that they like just kind of one episode, one and done. As if we weren't gonna notice that that you know on uh, This Is Us, yeah, that his like psychiatrist changed. Wait, that's not Janine. Right. <laughs> but I've been a huge fan of her since the West Wing, way back in the day, and she's fantastic. And uh, Lil Cam, what's that movie with um, the dogs and like cat with Janine Garofalo? You know what I'm talking about? No. No. She doesn't. Oh, come on now. Yeah. Drop the ball. No, she knows it. I know she knows it because we've watched it. Now I can't think of it. We'll look it up on IMDb Pro. It'll be fantastic. Former Lodge 49 star Sonya Cassidy as Lil' Cam looks at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yes, former Lodge 49 star Sonya Cassidy is set as a series regular opposite Chiwoto Elfor, and I, I never say his name. I feel so bad every time. Naomi Harris in the Man Who Fell to Earth drama series on Showtime. Now, based on the Walter Tavis novel and the iconic 1976 film that starred David Bowie, the Man Who Fell to Earth will follow a new alien character who arrives 
on Earth at a turning point in human evolution and must confront his own past to determine our future. Cassidy will play Eddie Flood, CEO of Origin Industries, and a woman driven to protect her family's prominent tech company at any cost. The series is scheduled to begin production in London this spring, and it's going to premiere on Showtime in 2022. Very exciting. There man. you go. Very exciting. Well, my star, Chloe Coleman, has joined the ensemble of Paramount's untitled uh, film adaptation of Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. Now, you guys know the film also stars Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Justice Smith, Reggie Jean Page, uh, Hugh Grant, Sophia Lillis, and the plot details behind the latest take on the. The IP are being kept well under wraps, and it's unknown who Coleman is going to be playing in this pick. So, you know. She was great in My Spy, though. She She stole the movie. She was fantastic. She's a great little actress, so that's going to be fun. Oscar Nunez, just the latest person to be cast to this film who's got everybody in Hollywood starring in it. I'm, of course, talking about The Lost City of D, the romantic action comedy starring Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, and everybody in Hollywood. It's currently unknown who Nunez will play in the Paramount Pictures film, but the casting reunites Nunez with Bullock. He had a scene-stealing role in the 2009 romantic comedy The Proposal as the town's resident waiter, minister, and exotic dancer. The film is expected to release in theaters April 15th, 2022. Fun stuff. Yeah, man. Fun stuff. Well, heading over to the Peacock, NBC Universal, Focus Features will shoot a sequel movie to the hit Downtown Abbey, the original principal cast, uh, with all once returning for a second film, which began production last week and is set to release December 22nd of 2021. Damn, that's quick. Yeah. Uh, And additional stars joining the sequel will include Hugh Dancy from Black Hawk Down, Laura Haddock from Guardians of the Galaxy, and Natalie Bay from Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. So very exciting. Now this next one, y'all... It took a lot of heat, and rightfully so, because one, it's a stupid fucking idea, and two, it is a knockoff. If we want this, we just want Hugh Jackman to come back. For I, I mean, I'm sorry, but it's true. Popular toy company Mattel announced that its film division has plans to develop a Rock'em Sock'em movie. Remember that little blue and red robots fighting a Rock'em Sock'em? Yeah. They're actually talking about making a movie out of that. Now, here's the crazy thing with Vin, Di- Vin Diesel. Like... Mm. Vin Diesel. What? Right. I, I don't even know. Diesel's production company, One Race Films, is working on it. But, guys, Real Steel. Remember? Hugh Jackman. Like, that was so badass. If you want robot fighters, just do a sequel to that. Everybody loved that fucking movie. Like, just do that. Evangeline Lilly, Hugh Jackman, bring them back. It's like, like don't do this. Rock them, sock them. It's weird. It like, is weird. Like, you don't have to make a movie out of every fucking game. Like, <laughs> it's okay. We, we don't have to. It's fine. Well, Lucifer actress Amy Garcia and yes. New York Times bestselling author A.J. Mendez have been brought on to pin the upcoming untitled 47 Ronin sequel for yeah. uh, Universal 1444 Entertainment and the action fantasy pick will follow the 2013 Universal Keanu Reeves movie, which grossed over $151 million worldwide. Now, 47 Ronin tells a fictionalized account of the titler 47 Ronin, a real-life group of samurai in the 18th century who set out to avenge the death of their master who was killed by a shogun. This is one of my favorite 
honestly, Keanu Reeves movies. I think it's like one of the lesser knowns. It kind of just went under the radar, but it's fucking fantastic. It was movie. a good one. And I love that they're doing a sequel. And Amy Garcia, I love her. She's fantastic, and she's a brilliant writer. She writes comic books. She writes all kinds of stuff. She, that's going to be fantastic. Right. Like, well done, well done. Hey, Francis Turner's joining the current third season of NBC's medical drama, New Amsterdam. Mm. It's going to be a recurring role. Turner's going to play Dr. Lynn Malvo, the new chair of the OB department. Now, Malvo will have a complicated friendship with Dr. Reynolds, who's played by Jacko Sims, as you guys know, this season. So, mm. Very interesting. It's always getting complicated at those hospitals. It man. really is. It's like, mm-mm. it never stops. It's tricky. Well, tricky. camping alumni Lone Sky is set for a recurring role in NBC's upcoming drama series, La Brea. Sky will play Jessica Harris, a high-powered attorney, and the older sister of Gavin. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Right. Now, Joe Exotic. You remember that? Yeah, NBC's like the Tiger King. Like, all right, come on. Joe Exotic limited series in which Kate McKinnon will play Carol Baskin has cast John Cameron Mitchell to play the Tiger King himself. Mitchell has been cast as Joe Exotic. Uh, Shreve Vogel. I think that's how he says his name. Shreve Vogel. The larger-than-life zoo owner in Oklahoma who loses himself in his hatred for Carol Baskin. Now, as previously announced, the show will air across all of NBC's networks, including NBC, Peacock, and the USA Network. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean... It started at Netflix. Why are all these other freaking places picking up this story? Right. We really don't care anymore. <laughs> it's fine. We really don't. Well, going over to Sony, Jaquim Dos Santos, Kim Powers, who is a current Oscar nominee, yes. and Justin K. Thompson have been tapped by Sony's Pictures Animation to direct a sequel to the Oscar-winning animated feature, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We're so super excited. Although we told you that Dos Santos directing role a few weeks ago the trio have actually been working together on the project from the start yeah so i mean you know give credit tricky, where credit's due that's like come on now but i'm super pumped because kemp powers man this guy's killing it you know one night in miami and freaking soul and yeah. like, that guy's killing it so that's a good hands good hands right there all right now this one's an interesting choice like okay Sports announcer, you love him, you hate him sometimes, but there he is. Joe Buck is taking his talents from the world of sports to the game show television Jeopardy. Yeah. Yep, he's going to be a guest host. Though it has not yet been confirmed how long Buck will serve in the role, guest hosts have normally been serving in two-week intervals. So Buck's episodes are likely going to air at some point over the summer. Interesting, interesting. And following a huge social media push to have Reading Rainbow and Star Trek star Lever Burton take a hosting role on Jeopardy, the actor has been announced as part of the final group of guest hosts who will round out the show's 37th season. Now, in in the minds of many fans, Burton is the front runner to step into uh, Trebek's role with uh, a change.org pos- uh, petition garnering over 20 or 246,000 signatures. Yeah, so, yeah. Damn. He got a lot of celebrities tweeting, make him the host, make yeah. him the host. Like everybody was like down for that. So we're going to find out. We He's going to get his chance and we'll see how good he is. So, all right, LeVar, bring it. Will he wear the visor? Wear the Jordy visor. That'd be so badass. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Ooh, sorry. MGM. We're going to MGM. All right. Paul Thomas Anderson's untitled film has been set for a holiday 2021 rollout. That means right around the corner. The movie will open in limited release on November 26th, Thanksgiving weekend, and expand nationwide on Christmas Day. 
Now, the project was backed by MGM in association with Braun Creative and Anderson's Gouillard Film Company and is begun began filming last fall actually in Los Angeles. The film's ensemble cast, you guys remember this one, we've talked about this. Bradley Cooper, Benny Sadfi, Alien Haim, and Kufer Hoffman, the son of the late actor Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, who frequently collaborates. The film marks the young actor's feature debut, which is going to be exciting, and it's the coming-of-age story, like we've told you before, set in 1970s San Fernando Valley with Cooper playing the film director and Hoffman portraying his child actor. Uh, Safdie will reportedly play a politician running for office. Mm. So, yeah, you know it's going to be, like, fucking outstanding. If it's got a Hoffman and Bradley Cooper, it's going to be good. Yeah. Like, that. enough said. Completely agree. Completely agree. Well, Sylvester Stallone took to social media to offer two major updates on the film version, uh, revealing that Rocky vs. Drago, uh, the ultimate director's cut, while noting that the full-length behind-the-scenes documentary about the creation of his new version will also be released, titled Keep Punching, The Present Meets the Past. Stallone also confirmed that uh, development on the Rocky prequel TV series continues. Man, just, it's a lot. Just stop it. I don't understand why he's changing the name. Just say Rocky Ford Director's Cut. Why does it have to be Rocky vs. Drago? Yeah. One thing I am happy about, though, is you remember that stupid fucking robot that Paulie bought? The little server robot thing in Rocky Ford? It's completely fucking cut out of the movie. That's hilarious. Sly hated it, apparently, and it's completely fucking gone. Thank God, because I thought I hated it, too. It was so stupid. All right. Now, switching to Lionsgate. Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, you know him, you love him, has come aboard to star in and executive produce Free Agents. This one sounds really good. It's a sports heist thriller that Deion Taylor will direct for Lionsgate. The project's described as a high-concept sports action heist thriller, and it tells a group of professional football players who come together to steal from the team owners who are exploiting them. Mm. The story focuses on a journeyman player who gets his last shot at his dream, but just as he starts to find out some on-field success, he's lured into the dangerous crime ring with some of his teammates that threatens his dream. Now, his family and his safety. Jackson's going to play the leader of the ring, of course, because he's great at playing bad guys, Um, a veteran linebacker who pulls the younger player into his dangerous scheme to get back at the league owners. This sounds really awesome to me. uh, He's doing such good shit. Yeah, original content. Like, he really is. I I haven't seen anything like that before. No, I mean, that's like fucking... Keep going, 50 Cent. Because, I mean, you are killing it, bro. Exactly, exactly. Well, now we're heading over to AMC. Henry Lloyd Hughes and Thalesa Texera uh, have signed on to star alongside Lucy Hale in the AMC... Abilene series Ragdoll. Now, the six-episode show, which was ordered to series back in February, is set to begin production April 19th in London. The series is based on the novel of the same name by Daniel Cole, per the logline assigned to a shock, shocking new case nicknamed the Ragdoll, are D.S. Rose, Lloyd Hughes, uh, D.I. Baxter, who, you know, played by the other person, and D.C. <laughs> Edmonds, who's going to be played by Hale. The ragdoll killer taunts the police by sending them a list of his next victims with Rose's name at the very end. And with those victims to protect, our heroes soon come under intense public scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Damn. Rooting for you, Lucy. Right. We're pulling for you. Right. You deserve it. I mean, it. you have been series after series after series since Pretty Little Liars with no success. We're pulling for you. Yeah. We're hoping for you. Agreed. Netflix. Woo boy. Yeah, 
Remember how we told you Warner Brothers gained and Disney's flying up Netflix real quick? Well, here's why. Netflix's subscriber growth cooled dramatically this past first quarter of 2021 after record pandemic-fueled gains last year. Of course, because everybody was home, right? But they're not anymore. So what happened? Well, the streamer added only 2 million 2 million fewer subscribers. That's like, the guys, it's it's sad, okay? So on the company reported a total gain of only 3.98 million in net global streaming subscribers. That was well below its previous uh, expectations of 6 million. Now, Netflix predicted even lower gains for this quarter. They're only expecting to gain 1 million. So we're talking a total of like 4 million subscribers over 6 months. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Uh-oh, no. Mm-mm. And why? It, it, why did they say that? Well, they had, uh, by the way, I want to give you this number, 207.4 million paid subscribers worldwide. Disney's at 152. Yeah. Keep that in mind, guys. They started last year. Netflix has been around more than a decade. They're only 40-something million, 49-something million away from passing Netflix (laughs) in one year. Y'all, that is crazy. Now, Netflix blamed the subscriber shortfall on the smaller pipeline of originals and expects to open up its wallet to attract more. (laughs) And how are they going to do that? They're going to spend $17 billion in cash on content, original content. That's more than 44% more than what they spent last year. Guys, you spent, what, 44% more, so 17 So You're looking at somewhere like $12 billion on original content last year, and you didn't gain subscribers. Mm. So why does this sound like this is a good idea? This is a bad idea. <laughs> Don't spend $17 billion. You're not getting new subscribers. Right. You're not getting But with that being said, we have an original project for you, so... That, that's true. We can help you. <laughs> Just say it. And we're cheap. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> we're, know, cheap. we're not asking for all that. <laughs> no, you don't need $17 billion to buy us. Yeah, no. it's all fine. And I mean, with the first story from Netflix being said, I feel like comes this crackdown. Netflix wants people to pay, pay their own fair share to access their streaming service. But Reed Hastings promises that any crackdown elicit password sharing that the company decides to launch across a, its global footprint won't be done in an aggressive manner. <laughs> Last month, the company launched a new global test to, that displays a warning message to some users on connected TVs that says, if you don't live with the owner of this account, you need your own account to keep watching. Users who see the prompt have the option to receive an email or text verification code to authenticate the account and click on a button that says verify later or sign up for a new netflix account i mean they're just trying to get cracked down on those password sharing but i mean if you have verify later people are just going to keep clicking that shit what the hell that doesn't make any sense that's non-aggressive that's non-aggressive maybe you should get aggressive and then you wouldn't have this problem because how are you going to pay 17 billion dollars if you don't have subscribers yeah just saying just saying come on ted figure it out buddy uh and read ted and read i guess ted's running it now though but you know hey whatever whatever hey Dakota Johnson, though, she's not fraying away from Netflix. She's signing on to star in Netflix's retelling of Jane Austen's novel, Persuasion. 
Carrie Cracknell, known for directing Jake Gyllenhaal in Seawall, A Life, on Broadway, is stepping behind the camera in her feature directorial debut. Oh, okay. Described as a modern, witty approach to a beloved story, Persuasion tells the story of Annie Elliott, an uncomforting woman living, unconforming woman, I'm sorry, living in the snobby family on the brink of bankruptcy, unmarried and 27 years old, and reconnects with a man who once persuaded her to reject, uh, that to reject and face a second chance at love oh mm. oh interesting oh we all need a second chance but, by people who rejected us yeah but what's love got to do with it no tina yeah just saying get in the car in me get in the car just saying. oh shit i know oh, sorry well lisa gay hamilton has been tapped for a key <laughs> recurring role opposite of manuel garcia ruflu uh, in lincoln lawyer yeah. hamilton will play judge mary holder presiding judge of the los angeles county supreme or superior court the most powerful trial judge in the city and a no-nonsense jurist who doesn't suffer from any fools motherfuckers don't play with her Mm-mm. mickey holler finds himself under the strict supervision after he takes over the city's biggest murder trial now it's going to be a 10 episode for the first season and it's going to be based on the second book in the lincoln lawyer series the brass verdict yeah i'm super pumped for this i mean i hate that it's not matthew mcconaughey but hey i think everybody's going to do a fantastic job and it's a great story so it's going to be really good hell yeah um this one sounds interesting and kudos keep pushing we want more stories like this more more documentaries like this netflix has ordered a documentary series about nascar cup series driver daryl bubba wallace you guys know him Series is currently in production and will follow Wallace behind the scenes of the 2021 NASCAR season as he competes for the newly formed 23XI racing team, which was created by Wallace, Michael Jordan, and Denny Hamlin. Now, as you guys know, Wallace is currently the only black driver at the top level of this sport, which is insane to me. The show is going to explore Wallace, 23XI racing, and NASCAR's efforts to advocate for inclusion and equality in racing and beyond. That's awesome. Yeah, I think this is brilliant. Like, well done. We need more documentaries like this. We need to highlight more stories like this. Boom. Go Netflix. Agreed. Agreed. Now, some sad news at Netflix. The Castlevania series, the Netflix epic, huge anime series about vampires, is coming to an end for its upcoming fourth season. Mm. Season four of the anime series will debut May 13th and will consist of ten episodes according to an individual with knowledge of the situation. Netflix is looking at a possibility to develop a new show set in the Castlevania universe, though, that will feature a whole new set of characters. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I mean, trying to keep building on the universe, but you see how that goes. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 Hey, this is another interesting one that's going to be really cool to watch. Netflix and Working Title have started production on The Swimmers. The film tells the true story of swimming sisters Yursa and Sarah Mardini's journey as refugees from war-torn Syria all the way to the 2016 Rio Olympics. The roles of Yursa and Sarah Mardini will be played by Lebanese sisters, Manal and Nathalia Issa. Uh, Manal Issa won Best Actress at the Le Acre European Film Festival for Parisians. Nice. So, 
I mean, this is awesome. Yeah. Real life sisters playing sisters, who and the story's like fantastic. Hell yeah. So, all right, good for you, Netflix. Right, doing some things. Uh, Netflix has ordered a new series, Florida Man, starring Edgar Ramirez, created by Donald Todd. Eight episode series described in the same vein as Body Heat, and mm. Elmore Leonard's Out of Sight revolves around a struggling ex cop who is forced to return to his home state of Florida to find a Philly mobster runaway girlfriend. Uh, what should be a quick gig becomes a spiraling journey into a buried uh, of some fucking crazy family secrets and an increasingly um, attempt to do the right thing in a place where so much is wrong. Jason Bateman and Michael Cossigan are executive producing for uh, Aggregate and under their first look deal at the streaming service. So, exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. And now in the one that has everybody scratching their head and wondering why, like, I would have preferred away get another season or whatever. But, hey, Ginny and Georgia will return for a second season on Netflix. Uh, what? Huh? Yeah, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> the young adult coming-of-age drama starring Brianne Howie and Antonia Gentry debuted on the streamer February 24th. Now, per the platform, meaning Netflix says, <laughs> the series attracted more than 52 million members' households in its first 28 days. In addition, season one of Ginny and George has made Netflix's top 10 list in 87 countries around the world and hit number one in 46 countries, including Australia, Brazil, and Kenya and the US. Guys, I'm sorry, but this is just a cheap fucking knockoff of Gilmore Girls. It's nowhere near close. It's not good. It's stupid. And, like, I'm sorry. I'm just saying it. Netflix just wants Gilmore Girls back, so they're taking some cheap ass imitation of it. Nothing against the creators. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This is not good. It, apparently, they had some controversial stuff too that a lot of celebrities were lighting it up. So, you know, I guess they attacked. They made a cheap shot at Taylor Swift or something. Like, I, I mean, I, it's just come on, guys. Come on, now. we can do better than that. Agreed. Just bring back Gilmore Girls. Just do it. Just do it. Well, you know, Amy. Uh, well, Netflix Adam Sandler movie at the Spaceman has added Ooh. Paul Dano and Kanal Nayar. To the cast, the duo joins previously announced Carrie Mulligan in the movie. And in the movie, Sandler is an astronaut sent to the edge of the galaxy to collect a or mysterious ancient dust that he finds himself uh, <laughs> in earthly life falling into pieces. He turns to the only voice who can help him try to put it back together. It is just so happens to belong to a creature from the beginning of time lurking in the shadows of his ship. Weird. Adam Sandler is making some weird shit. I mean, it, I, I'm guessing he's going to voice the creature. Probably. I would think, right? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, don't I mean, know. he's also going to be the astronaut. Yeah. So, that like, weird. Yeah. Will he be talking to it? Will the creature be even real? Will it sound like Bobby Boucher? Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just going to be like, I don't know. Anna Sophia Robb and Emery Cohen are the latest to join the cast of Rebel Ridge, Netflix's high-velocity thriller from writer and director Jeremy Saulnier. They joined previously announced stars John Boyega, Don Johnson, James Badge Dale, Zane G, and James Cromwell. The film explores systemic American injustice in the context of action suspense 
and black humor. There we go, man. There yeah. we go. Now, see, that's the kind of stuff. Like, fuck Ginny and that. This is the kind of stuff you need to keep doing, Netflix. I'm just exactly. saying. Exactly. Well, the Wings of Fire books by Tool T. Sutherland are being adapted into an animated series at Netflix with Ava DuVernay set to executive produce. Now, Netflix has ordered 10 40-minute episodes of the series. In Whoa. the series, a bitter war of raging for generations between the dragon tribes who inhabit the world of Perea, according to prophecy, five young dragons will rise to the end of bloodshed and bring peace back to the land. Raised and trained in secret from the time they were hatched, the dragonettes of Destiny, Clay, Toshami, Glory, Starflight, and Sunny embark on an evolving quest that will bring them face to face with their true selves and overwhelming scope of their savage war they have uh, designed are have been destined to bring to their end mm. so yeah it's all about the dragons now it is now if you guys don't remember there was one more in that group but he somehow ended up in the bayou and is now drunk yep <laughs> totally different show still wait for it because i'm totally down with it but all about the dragons at netflix hey switching to amazon the place with the most money amazon studios has ordered a young adult pilot based on the harlan coben novel shelter now, according to sources, should Shelter get ordered the series, it could go either to Amazon Prime Video or to IMDb TV. The pilot will begin filming this summer, and in Shelter, Boltar witnesses his father's death and sends his mom to rehab. He is forced to live with his estranged aunt and switch high schools. Fortunately, he's met a great girl, Ashley, and it seems like things might have finally been improving for him, but then Ashley vanishes. Mickey follows Ashley's trail into a seedy underworld that reveals that Ashley isn't who she claimed to be. And neither was Mickey's father. Soon, Mickey learns about a conspiracy so shocking that it leaves him questioning everything he knew about his life and what he thought he knew. Damn. Now, is Ashley like his sister? Right. Oh. Like, that's weird. Oh. oh. Some weird what? stuff I happening. I don't know. Mm. Right? Because we don't know. Mickey was like shady too. and like that. Oh. You never know. Mm. You never know. Well, Aaron Doherty, who got huge acclaim for portraying Princess Anne in The Crown, Facts. headlines the cast of Amazon Prime Video and BBC's one psychological drama series, Chloe. Mm. The cast also features rising UK acting talents, including Billy Howell, uh, Pippa Bennett Warner, and uh, Jack Farthing. Now, alongside Poppy Gilbert, Ash K. Khanna, and Brandon Michael Hall, a newcomer, Alexander Elliott, Doherty plays a temp worker, Becky, who lives with her mother and is obsessively drawn to the Instagram account of the seemingly flawless life of Chloe, who's going to be played by Gilbert. Now, but when Chloe dies suddenly, Becky's need to find out how and why leads her to assume a new identity who is Sasha, an engineer, uh, a chance of meeting Chloe's best friend and infiltrate her friend group of close-knit friends. Chloe will have six one-hour episodes, which will air and premiere on BBC One and BBC iPlayer in the UK and will be available on Amazon Prime Video in some of 240 countries and territories worldwide. Now, this sounds just like a stalker story. It like, does. That's kind of creepy. Yeah, Amazon. there's a lot going on there. Yeah. But, like, well, 
So, yeah, you're right. First she stalks her, then this woman dies, and then she tries to become a fake person to get into her like, inner circle and shit. That just sounds deep and creepy. I'm, yeah, I'm confused. <laughs> deep and creepy. Ro- Instagram, man. Yeah, Instagram. right. Robin Thede, the multi-hyphenate behind HBO's A Black Lady sketch show, is developing a zombie action comedy feature, Killing It, mm. with Jax Media and Amazon Studios. Now, Thede wrote the screenplay and will produce. The story apparently revolves around a group of underachieving friends who live in Atlanta, which becomes overrun by zombies while the friends are taking part in Spelman College's Spellhouse Homecoming event 10 years after they dropped out of the prestigious HBCU Women's School. It's described as Shaun of the Dead meets Girls Trip. Interesting. I mean, it makes sense that zombies overrun Atlanta because that's where they film The Walking Dead. Yeah, right. Very interesting. I mean, they have all them zombie extras just ready to go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, jumping over to Apple. Apple Original Films has announced number one on the call sheet, a oh. two companion documentary features uh, that will celebrate black achievement in Hollywood and explore what it takes for black actors to be successful in the film industry. Mm. Now, this one's going to be produced by Jamie Foxx, Kevin Hart, Datari Turner, and Dan Coggin. Now, number one on the call sheet is executive produced by Angela Bassett, Halle Berry, Reginald Holdland, and Brian Smiley. The documentary is uh, separated into two parts, with the first film uh, focusing on the groundbreaking work of black women actors. Number one on the call sheet, Black Leading Women in Hollywood. Is executive produced by Bassett and Barry and directed by Shola Lynch. The second film celebrates black achievement in film and highlights the stories and experiences of black male actors of the past of who have paved the way for today's stars. Number one on the call sheet, Black Leading Men in Hollywood is going to be directed by Reginald Holdlin as well. So, are produced on the other one. But right. Now. Yeah. But that's really cool. That's what we need. That's really what we need. I mean, yeah, and these are going to be really interesting stories. I mean, honestly, because, yeah, there were a lot of black actors who paved the way for what we're seeing now. And yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be really, really cool to see. Um, Apple TV revealed the premiere date and new trailer for the hotly anticipated second season of Ted Lasso. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. The new season will premiere July 23rd. Uh, it's unclear how many episodes are going to launch that day. Season 1 launched with three episodes before shifting to a weekly rollout. So the plan for Season 2 will again see episodes released every week. We just don't know how many that initial week are going to release. So could be three again. We don't know, but we'll keep you up. It's their biggest thing on Apple, so it only oh, makes yeah. sense. It only yeah. makes sense. Well, Apple TV has ordered to series a bilingual drama now and then. The series, which will be shot both in in Spanish and English, uh, set in Miami with an all-Hispanic cast, will be executive produced by Homeland and the Spies, uh, Gideon Raff, who is set to direct the first two episodes for the Apple streaming service. Mm. Now and Then is described as a multi-layered thriller that explores the difference between youthful aspirations and the reality of adulthood. When the lives of a group of college best friends are forever changed after a celebratory weekend ends up with one of them dead. Now, 20 years later, the remaining five are reluctantly reunited by a threat that puts their seemingly perfect worlds at risk. That sounds deep. That's really deep shit. I mean, it's kind of like, 
kind of like it without a scary clown. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm interested. That's a good, yeah, good description. Good description. And now to finish up industry news, because, woo, man, that was a lot. But we had to get this one in there because this one, I, I guess this comes as no surprise. We knew a rebranding was coming, but now we know it's official. Roku, you, got, you remember, we told you guys, it acquired most of the um, programming from Jeffrey Katzenberg's defunct Quibi last January. Well, they've rebranded all those shows as Roku Originals. Now, Roku Originals will be available on the company's free ad-supported destination, the Roku channel. More than 75 originals, though, guys, including a dozen unreleased series, will stream for the first time on the Roku channel later this year. Nice. The announcement teased Quibi talent includes Anna Kendrick, Chrissy Teigen, Lena Waithe, Idris Elba, Kevin Hart, and Liam Hemsworth. I mean, that remember, guys, there was a lot of stuff that Quibi had in development that was going to be epic that never saw the light of day, and now it will. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about that, especially uh, remember us talking about the 50 Cent uh, animated superhero show. Yeah. Like, I really want to see that one. I hope that one's the one that was in development that they went forward with. So. Oh, uh, me too. And Kevin Hart with the, remember, uh, he wants to be an action star. Yeah, was it's it like, John Travolta? Yeah, 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 as the coach. So And Swimming with Sharks. I still want to see the Swimming with Shark one. So. Yeah. Roku Originals, guys. Keep an eye out for it. Very exciting. Very exciting. Well, something else that's very exciting is our guest segment. Yes. Claude Knowlton coming on the show to talk about his many, many years in the <laughs> light shining Hollywood, man. It's been amazing, and especially going back and forth between Canada and L.A. I mean, he's got a lot of different stories, especially for up-and-comers trying to break into the entertainment industry. Yeah, and you know, much like the path of several other actors, when he first came here, he couldn't even speak English. Yeah. He had to learn how to speak English. So, yeah, it's just an amazing story, man. Yep, I completely agree. Well, here he is. Claude Knowlton, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Oh, man, we're doing fantastic. Super pumped to have you on the show. We have a huge block of Arrowverse fans that are super excited to have you, so uh, this is going to be real fun. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, Vancouver, that's where uh represents all the D.C., a lot of them anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And, Tor- and Toronto as well now. Right, it seems like that's where a lot of stuff is going down. But before we get this thing started yep. and dive deep into it, we always like to introduce our guests to the listeners because this show is about up-and-comers trying to break into the entertainment industry, so we always like hearing everybody's backstory. So how did you get started? Was it something you always wanted to do, was, or was it something you just kind of fell into? See, what's interesting is everyone has their own story. There's not one story that's the same. Exactly. Right? That's exactly so, right. My story, yeah, my story. I started in... Uh, in Quebec in church choir mm. and um, just watching television and just dreaming. I was in a small town about two hours outside of Montreal, Sherbrooke, Quebec, and uh, not even speaking English. But at the time I was watching French television anyway, going to French school. My parents are French and it was just a dream. It was like impossible to even think about going to Montreal and just like, what, what door do I knock on? You know, I, mean, I didn't know what to do. And um, eventually I was working in a hotel and these groups of people would come like, like old people, like on a, on a tour or the ice capades would come and perform yes. in, in the town where, and they stayed at the hotel. And to me, that was like showbiz. And I got friends with some of them <laughs> because I was waiting on them every night. Right. And then I got their address in California and I was writing a postcard to people in Santa Monica, California, you know, whatever, Santa Monica Boulevard was the address. And that was just Blowing my mind. I was like, oh my God, I have a connection. <laughs> um, 
But um, eventually, at that same hotel, a guy that worked there as a busboy, because I worked there for four years, I learned everything from 15 to 19 about the restaurant business, moved to Palm Springs, California. Mm. And then I thought, well, that's my way into California. Absolutely. So I went there, and I joined him. <laughs> and I was working in California in Palm Springs. I didn't even know where that was. and uh, But it was perfect for the restaurant business. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, all I did was just hang out by the pool and then drinking at night, even though I was 19. You know, I was 21 over there. But in Quebec, it's 18 to drink, so I'd been drinking for a long time. Right. So I borrowed my brother's ID, and I was just going out and doing nothing, really, with my life. You know, just being a kid and stuff and just enjoying the sunshine of California. And eventually, I was like, I got to do something. So uh, I went to the college in Palm Desert, College of the Desert, COD. <laughs> and um, I started taking English classes, Spanish classes, dance classes, acting classes. Ah. And that's where, like, that's when I got the bug. And I just kind of mocked the American sound because I was French-Canadian and I just needed to get rid of that accent. Right. And, um that's when I never, I never looked back. I mean, I had a, my first teacher, he's now passed, but he believed in me and he put me in his first play that he directed. And it was, <laughs> I'm sure no one's ever heard of this one, Arsenic and Old Lace. It's uh, like a classic yes. old play. Yeah, no, I've actually heard so, of it because I'm also old, but it's fine. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's, it's outstanding, man. Well, it was a small part. Yeah, of an officer, Officer Brophy. And, I, you know, they give me some lines. And it's just being part of the whole thing was just like, wow. Yeah. And then the following semester, I took a Shakespeare and uh, a class. And then the teacher also was directing Camelot, a musical. Mm. And she was like, Claude, I heard you could sing. I was like, not really. <laughs> she, she goes, uh, can you come and just, just sing Happy Birthday? And I sang Happy Birthday in French. And they fucking loved it. And then I was part of the ensemble. And I was um, part of this whole show uh, for the college production. But all the leads came from Los Angeles. Oh. Like King Arthur, Guinevere. And uh, the guy who played Lancelot uh, was like, they were fantastic. I mean, they were real pros. And it was uh, at the Bob, Bob Hope McCallum Theater that just opened in Palm Desert. And so it was a big production, you know, Absolutely. big production. And I just, uh, I just fell in love with it. So, and then little by little, um, I was like, you know, I started taking classes in Los Angeles on my days off from the restaurant in Palm Springs. I would drive to L.A. And then uh, eventually I was like, I got to make the move. So I moved to L.A. and I never looked back. Oh, that's nice. fantastic. And I mean, starting out that's in the theater, fun. talking about talk about the transition a little bit. What made you want to go out and be a television star or a movie star? How did that go about? Because a guy from Los Angeles came to our acting class and he had been on some shows and he gave us the whole lowdown of how it goes in Hollywood. And I was like, that's what I want to do. You know, and I started going to class. I was like... Why would I stay here in Palm Springs? You know, after a while, it just it just gets to you, the, the desert, right. you know, and I was there for three years and I married a girl there and I became American. So there was a lot of good things. I just fond memories of Palm Springs. And every time I go back, I actually went two years ago to shoot a movie and I got to see all my friends and because I still have you know friends there. So, uh, right. but yeah, moving to Hollywood was pretty intimidating at first, but you know, just everything was in the backstage back then. Today it's, um, no, it was called the drama log. Mm -hmm. That was the original backstage. And uh, you could just go in there and just find, you know, student films and short films and classes and headshots. And there was so much, a plethora of everything. You know what I mean? And you're in Hollywood. Yeah. So um, 
but no one is really there to guide you. It's like you just kind of on your own. If you don't know anyone in the business, you're just, you know, you fall on your face a lot because you just make a lot of mistakes. Um, but that's part of being an actor, I guess. Exactly. That's where, that's how you learn, right? Exactly. Did you find the transition, um, from stage to the, the screen difficult? Well, let's not get too crazy here when we see stage. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a couple plays, okay? <laughs> hey, man, you were in Camelot, okay? All right? <laughs> True yeah. thespian. Um, I was a knight. And you know what? This is like a long time ago, so I had long, curly hair. So I was the only freaking knight in Camelot with the actual hair. Nobody <laughs> else was wearing wigs. I was like, that's my real hair. Nice. Uh, but now I moved to L.A. And no, it wasn't so hard. You know what? The best way to get started is in commercials mm. because that kind of gets you in and, you know, you, you, you're on set. Oh, and extra work. Yeah. Of course. Okay. I moved to LA and I'm going to age myself here, but it was 1989. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and The Doors was being shot. That yeah. Big, oh, Val Kilmer, yeah. Oliver Stone, Val Kilmer. I got to be an extra in The Doors. Yeah, there you go. In some of those scenes with Val Kilmer. I mean, that was, like, awesome. Yeah. I got to be in a movie with Rob Lowe, Bad Influence. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yes, huge movie. I got to, um, to be in several, you know, scenes and stuff. And that was just it for me. I was like, that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? And they were paying us cash. Bill Dance Casting was pay- and Rick Montgomery, I think he's still doing background casting, was paying cash. I don't oh. understand how all that works, but I was not part of the union then. Right. Um, and then uh, I was working in a restaurant, Beverly Hills, um, because if you're going to work in a restaurant, might as well work at the best place and the best, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. They were looking for a French chef for an American Express commercial, and it came out of the fax machine because they were looking for real chefs. Ah. So they sent it out to restaurants instead of agencies. And the chef where I worked, who was French, was like, what is this? I don't do this thing. And all I saw was national commercial. I was just like, I was seeing dollar signs. (laughs) (laughs) And I borrowed his hat and I borrowed his jacket and I went to the audition pretending to be a sous chef at the restaurant. Oh, wow. With a French accent. That is amazing (laughs) though. Isn't it the weirdest thing though? Like, like, the opportunities, where they come, where when they arise, it, it, it's like you would never yeah. think that, right? Like, no, what's this coming over the fax machine? What? It's an audition. What? I mean, that is like the, the craziest thing, but uh, but amazing. And then I got a call back, and then I booked the freaking thing, and then that got me my SAG card, and it got me $10,000. Whoa. Damn. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Everybody jot that down. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everybody jot that down. So, Extra work, uh, commercials, uh, $10,000, uh, SAG card. Yeah, like, okay. Boom. <laughs> how, how can you not be hooked after that? Uh, right? You know, like, like, I feel like, like that's in. You're in right there. Yeah. My second commercial was not as glamorous, but they flew me to Arizona, to Phoenix for the day. And it was in French, uh, not in French, in Spanish and English. And I did both versions. Because I was taking uh, Spanish classes at Santa Monica College. I had started in Palm Springs, but I continued in Santa Monica College. Okay. Because I'm French-Canadian, it was easy for me to learn Spanish. And as soon as I, oh, that's how I got my first agent. There's the next story to tag along with the commercial is that I took a workshop. And at the end of the workshop, like six weeks or something, agents come in to see you, Mm. right? And that's how you try to get an agent. And I told the dude, I said, listen, I have a commercial playing right now. I'll give you the residuals. (laughs) If you take me on, 
Wow. I'll give you the commission on the residuals. Not, not the residuals, the commission. Right. And then if you take me on. And he did. But there you go. I mean, it, it's crazy how things just, just go from one thing to the next. And that was my first agent. I don't even remember the name of the agency. Whatever. <laughs> it's a long time ago. <laughs> so, yeah. Never, never look back. Yeah. Oh, uh- I, I mean, that, that's got to be one of the most interesting stories as to how it all started and how you got into it that we've heard. That was fantastic. Like, I mean, but we love the attitude, though, because like, like we said, I, I think the most important thing for people that are trying to get into this industry to remember and know is don't look back. You got to leap. You got to trust that the net's going to appear and you can't look back. You just got to go for it. So, yeah, that's it. And, and I mean, look at you. Yeah, I mean, you've had quite the career. I mean, uh, yeah, it's long. I, I mean, longevity is hard to sometimes get in Hollywood, and yet you've been able to make a nice career out of it. You've been on some huge shows, man. I mean, New Girl, American Crime Story. I mean, Supernatural. Hello, we've got a huge bunch of Supernatural fans, so they're all like, they know who you are for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's amazing how you took your opportunities when they were given, and you've parlayed it into this to this long career, man. So huge, congrats on that. Well, thank you, appreciate that. Yeah, not I mean, easy. No, no, and like you said, it's this is an industry built on rejection and mistakes. So I mean, you're gonna have to you have to have thick skin, and you have to know that that's coming if you're gonna survive. It's the most unpredictable, unreliable and most heartbreaking profession anyone can undertake. I mean, it's like, seriously, dude, it's just, yeah. Uh, but you know what? I come from a blue collar family and my dad or my brother, it's all about like, what do you mean? You, you, you don't have a job? Like you're not working right now? Like what? Right. You don't, you don't understand that. <laughs> they don't. But I'm like, no. dad, I just did three auditions today that took all day. And I just got some voiceover that I'm recording and that's, you know, that's paying. And, but they don't get it. No. You know what I mean? So. That's not a real job. <laughs> How many times have you heard that? It's not job. a real job. Like, no, but it is right. a real job. So, oh my goodness. Well, let's jump into the biggie, Supergirl, because, sure. I mean, this is fantastic. I, I, your storyline has been amazing. In, in fact, we want to kind of jump into it. Logan, I know, has a bunch of questions about, about behind-the-scenes stuff, and but I want to talk about a little bit because I think that Greg Berlanti – has done an amazing job with the Arrowverse shows, not just Supergirl, but uh, uh, all of the Arrowverse shows in general, but specifically Supergirl, with tackling the issues that need to be talked about. He has not strayed away from from racism. He has not strayed away from gay rights and equality. He has not strayed away from transgender. He has not strayed away from what's going on at the border. And I mean, he he has used these shows to to put that out there and and have people start talking. So, talk about that a little bit when you found out that you were going to be a part of this and get on this show. What what was that like and how did you feel about being able to enter into this this world that is the Arrowverse? Well, I originally auditioned for the pilot when I was in Los Angeles, but um, that's another story. It was on CBS at the time, whatever, right. I didn't get that part. But then being here in Vancouver, now for the last three years, you just like, you audition for all those shows and you, just, you know, Batwoman, whatever, and you just yep. hoping to get on. So you watch, but it's kind of difficult. Some We don't have the CW here in Canada. Mm. So even Supergirl, I was able to watch the five seasons on Netflix. Or the, there was four at the time, and then I had to purchase the fifth one on right. TV to watch it. But um, yeah, just to be part of that particular show, like you said, it seems like every season they just make it an effort to really incorporate what's going on in the world with the show. 
and just to be pushing the boundaries. And you know what? It's really, it's kind of like Glee did for a lot of gay kids. It just, they're watching these people on television going, fuck, there is a world out there where it's okay. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm talking exactly. about kids in small towns, in small towns, because my fans in, from Supergirl now are in Argentina, in, in Brazil, in you know, Poland, everywhere around the world, in these small towns, and they can barely speak English, but they're seeing that there's a trans on the show. Yeah, like, yeah. For real. Like, she's a real trans. And it's like, what? So whatever that means to them, and then seeing two women kiss, you know, that's right. On the show, we're actually a couple, and they act like normal people and stuff. And I mean, and now there's a freaking gay vampire. I mean, she's that's right. Crazy. Oh, I love you. I love the Galian <laughs> term that, that you keep calling it a Galian. That is so funny. I, yeah, I, I was like, that is hilarious. So, but he doesn't I'm shy away, and like I, I love how he uses the aliens as, as you know as a metaphor for race and and what's and the hate crimes and and what's going on where they're detained and they and yeah and it's just kudos to him for having the bravery to do that and i think it's you know much kudos to you and all of the people involved that are willing to have the courage to jump onto the show and be a part of that because i feel like maybe there's some people that are a little timid about that and i always applaud everybody that says no no this is this is what we need because like you said look at all of the people it's inspiring all over the world that they can see that no this is okay it's all right to be like this right no for sure i mean it was like i couldn't believe it when i when i got this uh, well first of all the original audition i did not know i was a vampire <laughs> no that's right because all it said is there was an alien with a husband that had been in the phantom zone and they wanted me to help them. Ah. And I was like, you don't understand the Phantom Zone is a horrible place where my husband died. So that was one scene, one audition, self-taped at home here in my apartment with my friend Sadika who came over because I've been doing a lot of Zoom auditions. Oh, but yeah, for this right. one, I was like, I need you to be in front of me and I need to look at you when I'm doing my speech, my monologue. And I need to connect with you. Mm. And it was, it, I was on, I was ready. I put on eyeliner. I freaking like, I wore this like fitted clothes because I, I saw all the aliens on the show. All the superheroes are very like, you know, kind of nicely dressed, fitted clothes. Yeah. And I was just fucking on, dude. I was like, <laughs> let's get this done. <laughs> and then I didn't get, I didn't hear for two weeks. And then I auditioned for another role on the show, on the same episode. The prosecutor turned mm. out to be some um some lady who got the part, and um, and then I auditioned for Superman and Lois ah, uh, yes. as a boss in the Daily Planet who fires Clark Kent. But I think they didn't put that um, particular scene in the episode. But right, he is in there, the boss, but he's not really a big character. Yeah. So and then all of a sudden I was pinned or whatever on hold they call for uh, Silas, and uh, and then they told me that the role that oh. <laughs> The original part was one day guest star. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like they, I don't know if they just keep writing and all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, you know, because you know what happened is Melissa Benoist is, was pregnant right. and was on maternity leave. So she didn't shoot. They started production in October, but she didn't come to shoot until January. Mm. So they shot October, November, December without their lead. So they had to come up with some, you know. Storyline. That's why the, Phantom the whole Silas and the Phantom Zone <laughs> and right. being stuck. Yeah. Uh, so they probably expanded my my uh, my storyline, and then it turned out to be like with all the tests I had to do for the contact lenses and the uh, the makeup and the 
like being cold in the phantom zone, they had to put all this ice on me. So we did different tests with that. So I had extra days of just going there for tests. Um, it turned out to be like 13, 14 days of, of shooting actually. So it was pretty wow. good. Oh, was wow. Really good and game. I mean, that, really good that leads into my question. Cause I've always been so curious with these shows. I can imagine it's so such long days, like eight to 10 hour days. And how much of that time do you actually spend in the makeup chair? Because I mean, when you made that transformation, like you went full on like alien vampire. So that looked intense. I can imagine that was probably like at least an hour and a half, two hours, right? Yes, yes. The hair would take. Eventually, they kind of get it together after doing it a few days. You know, right. After a few days, they just kind of. But sometimes they would switch you to a new person because oh, the lead just came in, and now the the lead hair person will take care of the lead, and then you're not the lead, so they uh, put you with somebody else who yeah. hasn't done your hair, and then they got to refer to the picture and keep asking questions, so it could take longer sometimes. But the hair itself would be about a half an hour, and then the makeup, depending on. If it was the hole with with, with the um, the talons that scratched my neck, so mm-hmm. that was a prosthetic applied, and then uh, they use an airbrush to make you look a little bit more dead, you know. So mm-hmm. they brush your whole face and then do the, the you know the little scars and then add the blood. So I would say an hour for that, so about an hour and a half. And then somebody on set was there just for the contact lenses, following me around. Do you need drops? Are you okay? <laughs> Do you need drops? That was it. And then she put them on and took them off at the end of the, the day. The Visine and, Wrangler. That's fantastic. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, you got, you got to have one. Now, when, when the soul yeah, when the soul left and you become like the demon, was that you under that makeup as well? Or, or I mean... No. No? no? <laughs> originally, it was, originally, it was supposed to be... But because there was too much going on with the, the fighting scenes, yeah. they used a stunt guy. Yeah, uh, that makes it total yeah. sense. Total sense. Uh, it's actually wh- a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because I got to imagine that makeup's a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, right. I, that's what I was thinking. But I mean, I could see you well, kicking it's, some it's ass. A whole, it's a mask. It's a whole rubber mask. Oh, they, yeah. The they whole had, face prosthetic and like, yeah. Yeah, but they had to do all their eyes to match them. Out, and then mm. they had to wear their, their fucking COVID mask under the oh mask. wow no oh my god those guys were sweating all day long oh, i can yeah. imagine I, yeah the last day i went um there was all the phantoms there all the extras and stuff and all the stunt guys or whatever and i was like wow that's a lot of that's a lot of work for these people it's like yeah too much work for me yeah <laughs> i can only imagine do you have but, a favorite memory on set so far because i mean you've been on a couple of episodes uh, so the uh, three episodes yeah the fight scene was pretty cool with uh Jesse, because that was cool to be coordinated as a, with a stunt coordinator and do the fight, even though it, it didn't look real. It was more like a slow-mo kind of fight, so that was kind of cool. Right. And just the falling and being like, just kind of have to do a lot of the, you know, jumping or falling or crawling. And so I hired a trainer. I was like, fuck, I got to be in shape. For right. This. I know they have stunt <laughs> people, but I was like, you know, I'm not 30 anymore. Um, and I love but I loved every minute of it, and I told the stunt coordinator, I'm just ready, man. And he was so pleased with me that I was I was like, you know, like Tom Cruise is, just wants to do everything. Right. I was like, I'll, I'll do it, man. Like, tell me where to jump. Tell me where to fall. You know, I was like, fuck, they're paying me big bucks. You know, I got paid top of the show uh, for all three episodes. Nice. And that doesn't happen that much anymore. And here in Canada, we get a buyout of 110% for TV and 135 for feature. So you get double the money up front, and then you don't see residuals for five years. Oh. That's the contract with all across Canada with Canadian actors. Wow. 
Okay. So Very you'll watch, yeah, you'll watch a show like Arrow, Supernatural. If there are some regulars that are Canadian that don't have an agent in LA that were cast out of Canada, mm-hmm. they're on total different contract than the American, you know, next to him. Uh, but it's either you take that or you don't, you know, right. for me, I'm super happy. And then it's supernatural. So, I mean, it's super, Supergirl. It will, uh, it will last forever. So oh, after yeah. five years, the residual will kick in and, you know, and well, so and, and, and I mean, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen the latest episode or whatever, and sorry about that, but, uh, too bad. Um, Silas is, is restored and, and back to normal and still alive. So, I mean, you, you know, there's potential, there, there's potential to show up on another show am, somewhere, yeah. right? So glad you think the same way I think. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the Arrowverse is an open door, man. Now that they've got aliens, we know they're going to introduce Green Lantern soon. So uh, why not? have silas show up somewhere else right thank you thank you for that yes <laughs> we'll start Bring the campaign we'll, we'll 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 get it out there we'll put the hashtag we'll make it happen it's gonna do he is alive and well okay? <laughs> exactly exactly so maybe maybe you still show up on superman and lois <laughs> you never know you never know you never know, know. You never know. Yeah, fucking the flash you know absolutely there's so many yeah. there's so many and for what it's worth i wouldn't have guessed you were over 25 i'm just saying i felt like you were around 23 24 i know i'm just putting that out there i try i try <laughs> even with the arsenic yeah. at least that's fine it's okay it's, <laughs> you know no, no. Uh, logan didn't you know what that was he's like no this guy's young he's gotta be exactly young. <laughs> exactly oh so okay so we're doing a couple of things, so we got to know because you have been around for just like a great amount of time. Even for a young man of twenty-five, I mean, it's amazing how how many shows you've been on over yeah. the years. Um, do you have an embarrassing moment from set, like on one of the shows that you just like? I can't believe this has ever happened. But tell us, we know you have one. Come on. Uh, on set or at an audition i think the auditions are the worst oh either or get you laid on us oh i was for batwoman okay um, i instead of saying oh my god i said he blew a load oh. <laughs> literally i said he blew a load i mean i just i looked at the casting director and i was like and I just like, dude, I just, I didn't know where to go. I just wanted to leave the room. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I think, I think, I don't remember the actual line. And I kind of want to go watch what happened and who got the part, but I know it wasn't me because, you know. Right, right. That was terrible. Oh my gosh, that's um, hilarious. But no, on set, okay, here's an experience with Supernatural. Okay. You watched a show for 11 seasons, okay? These guys are like a well-oiled machine. Oh, yeah. Okay? They have their phone on, they're watching the game, and they're like, okay, rolling, action, and then boom, they put their phone in their pocket, and they're like, so, uh, did you see the ghost? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, they can just do it in their sleep. Right. But then you come in, and you're the new guy, and they're tall, tall. Like, <laughs> and they're super good looking, and they're fucking supernatural leads and you like, and you have all your scenes with them. It was really nerve wracking. I was, thank God I was playing some kind of, uh, I was playing a Massachusetts, uh, detective who was a bit nervous of what happened at the, uh, Lizzie Borden house, you know, right, the, right. Phantom, uh, the ghosts or whatever. Yeah. There was a murder. So he was a bit nervous and it was written like he was nervous. So it kind of worked for me, but it was not, uh, easy, you know, 
to be with these guys, but they are just the nicest guys. And everybody says the boys are nice. They are, man. Well, that's awesome. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's because they were in Canada for all those years <laughs> and living out for nine months out of here, or they're just so grateful and they love their fans. And they knew all the way to the end that the show lasted that long because of their fans. Oh, yeah. absolutely, definitely. They were girls. They were girls waiting at midnight outside in the rain to get a glimpse of them or whatever. And they would go out and take pictures with them and Twitter this and Twitter that. Oh, and wow. They're just, they're really, really good. And they have their own conventions. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. Supernatural conventions. Yep. Yeah, Supernatural family, stuff, man. But, that's what that is. Supernatural yeah. family. That's what they call it. So that's awesome, man. That's a great story. Yeah. That was a, that was pretty amazing. Um, so no bad experience there. Actually, everybody was super nice. Well, hey, no, but I was just yeah. nervous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it happens to the best of us. It happens to the best of us. Well, yeah. listen, thank you so much for coming on the show and getting a little crazy. We really appreciate it. But like we told you at the beginning of the interview, this show is for the up and comers trying to break into the entertainment industry. So, what advice would you give the up and comers trying to break into it, and what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid? Now, we want you to draw from all 25 years of your experience. Exactly. Uh, you know, because 25 years of life is a long time, okay? You, we know you've got some. <laughs> <laughs> I would say for the advice, uh, train. You know, train in your hometown, take theater classes, just train, train, train. And then when you move to Hollywood or New York or Atlanta, Georgia, keep going to class because mm. in class, that's where you can fall on your face and just, you know, just play with different characters and stuff. And then one day that audition will come and you'll go, Oh, I know that guy. That's the one I did in class. I know how to do this. You know what I mean? Yep. So, uh, and then the best athletes con constantly train. So don't be afraid to have a coach when you have uh, really important auditions, you know, don't take it for granted. Oh, I know everything. My auditions always great. No, they're not because you don't see yourself. It's nice to have a, you know, somebody look at you and go, oh, wait a minute, what are you doing there? That doesn't work. You know what I mean? Because you think it does, but it doesn't. So having coaches, uh, it's, it's, it's a constant thing for even people that are working on television right now. Yep. So that's that. That's great. And advice. the pitfalls to avoid, uh, don't sign with just any agent. It's best to just wait for the right agent and just sign with any agent. And I'm talking about it like this, some shady agencies, a friend of mine met a guy at church who said he was the owner of an agency and come in and all of a sudden he's like, I'm going to take your headshots mm. and it's going to cost you $400. Mm. And that, dude, you don't do that. No. You don't pay an agent to take your headshot under the freeway, the 101 freeway. <laughs> oh, oh my oh. God. And this guy facilitated <laughs> it at a church. Yeah. Oh my God. It doesn't get more shady than that. What the hell, man? Like, ah. Oh. And then a year later, he's like, I haven't got an audition yet. I'm like, yeah, well, Ugh. you know, first of all, the, the name of the agency, which I won't say the name, but it was just like, oh, where do you start? The name <laughs> is horrendous. And then this guy wants you to pay. And then he's saying, you know, the headshots are not working. That's why you're not getting auditions. So we need to do another photo shoot and another $400. Oh, no. Oh, my yeah. God. You're getting scammed. Yeah. It's like the headshots aren't working. You took the headshots, yeah, you man. You did like this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right. Oh, that's so crazy. Can I just tell you the highlight of my career, though? Absolutely. Working with Ryan Murphy on American Crime Story oh. on my 50th birthday. Oh, there you good. go. The day of my birthday with John Travolta, Cuba Gooding Jr., David Schwimmer, and the list goes on. I mean, at 
the Kardashian house. Oh, my goodness. Now, did you guys see that OJ theory? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. The house that they used where OJ was hiding and his buddy came and got him and they took off in the Bronco to yeah, Mexico yeah. or something. That was the real house that the Kardashian grew up, the kids and stuff, where, oh, wow. where their dad lived. Yeah. This Persian-looking house that was in a trust for 25 years and production got a hold of it to shoot there. Nice. So we were shooting, just like he did with Versace, he shot at the Versace house in Florida. He did that for the um, the Kardashian house. I mean, that was so creepy. That it was just like, not creepy, it was just more like, wow. Yeah. yeah. This is where the Kardashians grew up. This is where it really happened, where OJ was hiding at his buddy's house before the other one comes and get him and takes off in the Bronco. And then there was a Bronco outside because they were ready to do that scene where he takes off. I mean, and for me, I had lived in L.A. during the O.J. trial, so being part of all that was pretty surreal. I and bet. then I, I worked, like, in the first two episodes. I was one of the doctors, the team of doctors. It wasn't, like, a huge part or anything, but it was just being part of the whole scene, you know? Absolutely. And then I go to Vancouver for the summer, and I shoot Supernatural, and then they're calling me back to put me on the witness stand nine episodes later as part of the dream team, the O.J. team, and then I go in at the Fox lot to shoot that. And it's the courtroom scene. They're shooting back to back, you know. Yep. And all the people playing the uh, the Goldmans and the, you know, Judge Ito and, you know, Marsha Clark and all these people are there, the actors, uh, was so surreal. And then I walked onto the, the set, which is the courtroom. And I'm sitting there and, witness to, and there's a Judge Ito actor and there's this, you know, it was just so like surreal. It was just amazing. It was a different director than it was in Ryan Murphy, but right. Ryan Murphy directed my first two episodes and it was amazing to work uh, with. I mean, and I am so grateful. Yeah. So I, grateful. I can see why you consider that the highlight. I mean, and, and what, what a way to have it happen on your 50th birthday. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. And then I ran into him at the Fox lot cause I was auditioning for bones and, uh, he freaking remembered me. I was like, Oh my aunt. Ryan Murphy knows where I'm walking and he's walking towards me <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, Claude, he goes, your next episode is coming up. And I was like, oh my God, Ryan Murphy knows where I'm right? And then I auditioned, for, I mean, it was crazy. And then I auditioned for the Versace and I did get a part in that too, but they did cut that too. But oh. I still got to shoot it and all that. So I have the credit. That's fun. Well, yeah. I so, can't yeah. think of a better way to end it than that. I mean, like, if that's not inspiring for everybody listening, like, hey, you too could have Ryan Murphy remember your name if you do everything right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's so amazing, dude. That's right. Well, listen, man, man. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. And open invite. You're a very interesting guy. You've got like a lot of stuff, and, and I just I'm sure a ton more stories to talk about. So open invite anytime you want to come back, man. We really appreciate right, it. Right. And just uh, before you go, tell everybody where they can follow you. Uh, Claude Knowlton is everywhere. Like, uh, Twitter, IG, it's Knowlton, is K-N-O-W-L-T-O-N. Fantastic. Knowlton. Knowlton, there Knowlton. you go. Well, we will make sure to direct Claude everybody Knowlton. that way. <laughs> there you go. Right. Enjoy the rest of the night, man, and we'll be in touch soon, buddy. All right, thank you so much, guys. appreciate it. Yep, bye-bye now. All right, bye. Man, oh, man. I mean, this guy, he's lived some life. He's I lived mean, in his, seriously. In his small 25 years. That's right. That's right. Tw- <laughs> times two. Like, times you two. know, it's fantastic. Yeah. But I tell you, like, the one thing that just stuck with me, though, and I think that all of our listeners really, if you're trying to get in and you just, you got to take the leap. Yeah. You got to keep take, going. This, this guy's like, I got to get out there. I got to do it. And, I, and and remember, it's okay to be an extra on a set. It's okay to yeah, do a commercial because exactly. that's where it's going to get you. 
So, boom. Exactly. Exactly. We're not all Lady Gaga and get nominated for an Oscar our first <laughs> round. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not Lady Gaga. And no, I mean, we try. We try. Uh, far from the shallow now, though. It's crazy. Thank you again, Claude Norton, for coming on the show. It is the top five, and man, it is Dream Cars this week. Yes. This one was kind of difficult. Thinking about... The cars that are in movies and television, but then also cars that we want in our real life. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, 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 there's a theme to mine, but anybody who's known me for as long as they've known me know that this is legitimately accurate, every one of them. The theme is old. Yeah. Oh, whatever. I wanted to so put the 89 Batman Batmobile, right. but, you know, I, this is cars that we could actually own. Yeah, so. exactly, yeah, so. exactly. Well, my number five goes to the Nissan. Skyline 2000 GTR. Now, this is the one featured in Too Fast, Too Furious that Paul Walker got arrested in. I even have like a little Hot Wheels car of it on my shelf. It is so badass, but it's actually illegal to have in the United States mm. because it's so juiced up. So, you know, I mean, if we go to Vancouver, I'm going to have to see what their law is against that because, <laughs> like, I'm just saying, there you go. I would really love that, but it's also stick shift and I don't know how to drive stick. So, so easy to teach. Always you. time to learn. Always time to. Yeah, learn. we're gonna we're gonna take you out one day. Yes, and do it. both of y'all. It's not hard, really. All right, seriously. No, no that was serious. It's not hard. Uh, number five for me, the classic, a Bentley. Mm. Who doesn't want a Bentley? Right. It's Rolls Royce, y'all. Okay. If you say you don't want a Bentley, you're full of shit. I agree. There are two people in this world: people who want a Bentley and people who want a Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. My number five. Rolls Royce Bentley. There it is. There it is. Well, my number four goes to a 1967 El Camino. Mm. Now, this one was supposed to be my first car. My grandfather and I, when I was like itty bitty, probably like four or five, uh, I was in the garage. I didn't by any means help him assemble the thing but i mean he got he literally built it from the ground up he got a frame and built it from the ground up like it wasn't even a thing before he did it it was beautiful it was yellow he used to call me big guy big guy and he had a big guy sticker across the dashboard like supposed to be mine but you know family drama man family fucking drama it's shitty but you know it's it's just gonna be in my garage later it's all good it's It's all all good. good It's all good. Okay, now here comes my theme. Now, I might get this because back in the day, way back in the day, my mom and dad used to race cars, and so they were hardcore into muscle cars, okay? And I think maybe that's where the love comes from. I don't know. They sold all of them before moi appeared yeah what the fuck no uh, drama just what the fuck why'd you sell all those cars those were like they're classics now hello but anyway um basically there's one year which i just would own basically any car from this year give it to me i'll take it it's on my list so we're gonna start with number four the 1968 dodge charger mm. muscle car okay i forget all them foreign car american good old steel when they were still made out of steel they were muscle baby horsepower 68 dodge charger there it is it's a badass car there it is it's badass yeah i'm i miss actual metal because when you got into an accident you'd probably be okay because it's actual metal yeah not that fiberglass shit yeah no shit (laughs) now you hit a curb and your whole car collapses It's like what the fuck exactly exactly well i mean 
needless to say, my number three is a freaking 2021 Tesla Model S. Now, this is the sports version of the Tesla. I love everything about the Tesla. Obviously, self-driving car, badass. But I love the huge screen you have in the middle of the console. And I love the interior. The interior of all Teslas are something or like a work of art. Like, they really are. They just got eye-popping colors. And you guys know I love the pop. But yes, a Tesla, I just feel like that would be so badass. And plus, you know, clean energy, trying to move forward towards the energy saving car and less gasoline. So, you know, you know, Tesla. Absolutely. Tesla. There you go. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, my list is definitely gas guzzlers. Yeah, right. But they're muscle cars. You're they're killing old. The I mean, it's, it's, I got to have them. But, and I should say they're all stick. You don't own these cars if it's not a stick. There's no point. Don't get an automatic if you own one of these cars because then it's not real. Okay? Just saying. Now, now we're switching from Dodge to my number three on the list. We're going to go to Chevy. And I'm, of course, talking about the 1968, yes, we're staying in that year, Corvette. 1968 Vet. Sweet. Just sweet. At one point, the fastest streetcar in the world. Mm. A Corvette, mm. um, and just mm, I mean, guys, I, I cruising the coast down on. I miss cruising the coast. Just any classic car shows, I gravitate straight, straight to the '68s. Any one that I can find, that's just that's where they're at for me. So this one, 1968 Chevy Corvette, very nice, mm. very nice. Now my number two is like my high end luxury. Like, I'm going to a movie premiere car. I'm talking about the Rolls-Royce Phantom. This thing is so super nice. I'm talking, like, I would probably be in the backseat having a driver drive it for me nice. Because, I mean, it's, like, the definition of luxury. If you look, I feel like, if you're thinking about pulling up to a mansion, if you're not in a Rolls-Royce Phantom, then what's the point? And I always go back to the quote that P. Diddy said. I don't want the Chrysler that looks like the Phantom. I want the fucking Phantom. So, there it is. You know. It is what it is. It's hey, what it is. Rolls Royce, man. Exactly. I said they know what they're doing. They doing. make beautiful cars. They do make beautiful cars. It's fact. Fact. All right. Number two on the list. Can you guess what year? 1968. No shit. Camaro SS. Uh, I, this one battled for number one. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It was back and forth. Uh, but... Only because number one has two versions um, is why it excelled. But the 1968 Camaro SS is probably one of the all-time best muscle cars ever. I don't think there's a bad one out there. Um, I want this car. Someone give me this car, please. I'll pay for it. I mean, I'm not like, just don't give it to me. Unless you want to give it to me and then just give it to me. I would totally take it. Um I do. I just want to get to a point where I'm like Jay Leno and I have just a, a garage full of cars, but my garage full of cars would be all from 1968. Yeah, right. It's fantastic. But look them up. I'm just saying 1968 Chevy Camaro SS. That's so that's funny. all I'm saying. Look it up and you'll go, oh. I see anything. Okay. I see anything. All right, all right. So funny. So funny. Well, my number one goes to, I mean, this one is like a notable car. Because the one and only James Dean died in this type of car. And it's just absolutely beautiful. Definitely. Like, it's damn near James Bond-esque. I'm talking about the Porsche 5500 Spider, a.k.a. his name for it, Little Bastard. Mm. I mean, that thing was 
beautiful. I love the Corvettes, like, or not the Corvettes, the fucking, um, top down, no fucking roof, and I love the, um, the, the headrest, the headrest where it has, like, the metal bar behind yeah. you. The, I think that just looks so sexy. So, yes, my number one Porsche 5500 Spider. There you go. Yeah. Can't argue that. That's a good-looking car. I mean, I would take that, too, if anybody has one. Yeah, yeah right. Just, like, just saying. All right. My number one, of course, we're sticking in the brilliant year of 1968 because they didn't make any bad cars in 1960. I'm sure they did, but not any muscle cars. I'm going with the 1968 Mustang. Now, you can choose. Will you go the 1968 Shelby Cobra Mustang? Watch Ford vs. Ferrari. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about, what that car looks like. Or will you go the 1968 Mustang Bullet by another legendary Steve McQueen? That guy driving around the streets in that movie, Bullet, with that car. Oh, my God. That's what really just made me want these 68 cars. So do you want the Shelby Cobra? Do you want the Bullet? It doesn't matter. 68 Mustang. That's my choice. Number one, by far, 1968 mustang that's very nice that's very nice convertible that's the word i was thinking of convertible oh with top down yes you you weren't wrong with the vet though that's yeah. one of my favorite things about the 68 vet is the convertibles oh my gosh i love beautiful. convertibles yeah they're amazing any of these muscle cars on my list great convertibles agreed just saying just saying <laughs> What are your top five dream cars? We want to know. Be sure to let us know on social media, on YouTube, and or in the podcast comments section. We always Ooh. love the fan, fan interaction, and we appreciate it. Now, going over to the box office recap this week. Godzilla vs. Kong is still at number one with $7.7 7 Number two is Nobody with $2.5 million. Number three is The Unholy with $2.1 million. Mm. Number four is Ryan the Last Dragon with $1.9 million. And number five is Tom and Jerry with $1.1 million. Hey, there you go. Now, something that I'm truly and super stoked about is Mortal Kombat being a new movie that's coming out this week. Oh, shit. That's today. That's today. Yeah. Watch it today. I'm super pumped. I'm just so excited to see the CGI and the effects. And it's just going to be so much better than that old one. I know that one's like a classic, but I mean, you know, we have such great technology now, so let's take advantage now of it. Now the fatality will be fucking epic. Yeah. I mean, just Exactly. Saying. And uh, Demon Slayer the movie, um, Muggin Train, uh, Bloodthirsty, Separation, and Limbo. Mm. So be There's sure. a theme in the movies coming out this yeah, week, right? if you can't tell. <laughs> exactly. Uh, movies you can still go see are Voyagers, In the Earth, The Courier, and the girl who believes in miracles and the crudes and new age. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, that one's hanging around, right? I know. It's like, that, yeah, that one's like becoming the next Bobby. Uh, three or four yeah, months. Yeah, it's can't wild. get rid of Bobby, but you, uh, crudes, man. Right. Well, now, going over to the IMDb Pro Top Trending segment. Oh, man, I love this app. I promise I paid you. I paid you last night. I promise. Uh, I just had a switch in debit card. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't let you know. But it's okay. It's <laughs> I didn't know where fine. you were going there. I'm like, yeah. are you paying for yeah, it now? I'm, I'm it's no longer it. just in the shower, guys. Yeah. He's paying for it now. Exactly. Oh, I've been a bad boy. He's been a bad boy. Okay. I'm going to use it for that Janine Garofalo film. You I'm should. telling you, I'm going to find it. I'm going to see. 
Oh, man. But the top trending movie is Thunder Force with oh, Olivia Coleman. Oh, my gosh. Or not Olivia Coleman. <laughs> um, Octavia Spencer. Yes. And Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, there you go. It was funny. It's pretty funny, guys. And possible sequel in the works. They set that up. But, I mean, you know, Netflix is just kind of interesting with their original films. I mean, I was laughing my ass off through the whole thing. I thought it was pretty funny. And look, Jason Bateman's a funny guy. I get that he's close with Melissa That's McCarthy. And, and, uh, but that <laughs> – the crap t- – I was cringing. Like yeah. the dance scene and like the whole rubbing the butter on him and I was cringing. Well, anytime he was in like any sort of altercation, I thought it was funny how he like did yeah, the crab yeah, did thing. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, all right. Oh, yeah, man. and like the whole sexual Indian. Uh, yeah, yeah, butter, no, like, no. I just. Like, mm, oh, God. Mm, yeah. yeah. But other than that, it was pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, they were great together. Oh, man. <laughs> but uh, by no surprise, the top trending TV show is The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <gasps> Holy if you Shit. haven't seen the last episode, it's so good. I mean, I felt like the whole time they were wrapping things up. Oh, so, I, mean, I mean, it sucks that it was six episodes. I know. But. Hey, and by the way, this will probably be the top trending show next week, but it'll have a new title. Because <laughs> I don't give a shit if I'm spoiling it for you because it's like, what time now? And you should have watched it already. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You knew it was coming. Sam got the shield. By the way, best I, one of my favorite on-screen costumes ever. Yeah. They fucking nailed that yeah, shit, Yeah, it man. looks like literally spot on. And the way he was using the wings yeah. also at, with the shield, just so fucking Yeah, epic. which makes sense because as he said in his speech, I don't have the super serum. I don't have powers. Yeah. I have my technology. So when he's like using fucking um, – his little guy there, red, wet, red wing, and yeah. like pushing the car back up, and like using his wings behind him to plant him down yeah, on the ground. Yeah, which was so like, badass. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of epic scenes in the new suit, which I absolutely love. I love how there's also, uh, by far, a lot of sympathy for Carly. I feel like this is by far the most like the hero has talked to the villain mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. was trying to sympathize and get to know why they were doing the way they were doing. Well, and and redemption. For the new cap. Yeah. Yeah. You you, you kind of see the redemption. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines. It's the same, but black. Yeah. <laughs> I was dying laughing. But U.S. agent, y'all, we all saw that coming. We all knew he was going to become U.S. agent. But that was so fucking yeah. funny. It's the same. But black. Yeah. I like how they also kind of made redemption on that a little bit when him and Bucky are walking out. Abra- Abraham, bro, he was like, he was a great man. He was yeah, like, yeah, no. I, I just, and the acknowledgement from Sam, the head shake, yeah. the head nod, you exactly. know, like, okay, we're good, we're good. So, yeah, that was well done. Boy, we just spoiled every fucking thing uh, yeah. for you. Hey, yeah, you want to know who the power broker is? Darn. Yeah, would leave that one. <laughs> Let that one lie. Oh, man. And the star, of course, Helen McCrory, like we said yes. at the top of the show. Yeah. Um, for all the wrong reasons but you know yeah there it is super sad well anyway guys thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode 159 of inside the crazy ant farm be sure to follow our guest claude knowlton on all social media platforms he's a great guy he's a great guy oh yeah and be sure to follow us on social media platforms the company 
and the podcast at Crazy Ant Media and at ItCaf Podcast. And you guys know you can follow us both personally on social media. Myself, JLo Fantastic, and at Crazy Ant Guy 1970. That's right. That's right. And you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hello. Be sure to like the video, subscribe, and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest notifications. We appreciate you. And of course, be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. New merch out right now. Stay tuned for those super crazy savings that we got coming your way in the upcoming weeks. We're so super excited. And you guys know you can donate to our Patreon page. And we're about to have a Seed and Spark account up as well, where you can donate and help us create our first short film that's right we're so super pumped about it i'm i'm just thrilled oh my gosh and guys extremely important to to ring that bell and get those notifications because then you'll know when we go live sunday for the oscars exactly right youtube our youtube channel where you are going live and we're gonna trust us exactly we're playing fucking bingo uh bingo is gonna be really rough when we're drunk yeah i'm just saying because it's gonna be food drinks oscar gold like bingo like like predict it's gonna be a blast it is it's gonna be a blast and you want to get notified exactly you really do (laughs) you really freaking do but honestly there was so much good stuff in the industry news i'm so super thrilled for hbo max like continue to rise because like i said underrated deserves all the best in the world but I really would like to see Amelia Clark in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As Spider-Woman. Yeah. Like, please make that happen. That would be so badass. Yeah, completely agree. But we have been talking about off-air about how the MCU has definitely strided, if that's even a word, but has focused more on A-list talent. Go yeah. back, go back to focusing on the lower people. I mean, we would love to see these people shoot up to stardom. Yeah, like I mean, come on, guys. Like I, you know, you reached out for a newcomer for Miss Marvel. Like you know, keep doing that kind of stuff. Exactly. I think that's where you really need to go. But I am pumped for. Uh, you're right. Like, I, I, of course, you just heard us talk about it. Uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Super pumped to see that storyline play out. As you guys heard, they're going to make a new Captain America film with Sam. Um, I, I just love that they're going there. You know, yeah. I love that his suit is from Wakanda. They yeah. made the suit, you know, so you know that storyline is going to continue in some sort of a capacity. That's really exciting. Um, just, yeah, I think the most thing that I really liked about the show today in the industry news segment was all of the things that we talked about with diversity and inclusion, yeah, there was including a lot. our guest segment. It was all full of it. This whole show, we were talking about new shows and things and our guests, and I'm pumped about that. Anytime we can talk about that, that's a win. Completely agree. Completely agree. And you guys know anytime we can talk about the one and only, we love it. Absolutely. Every single show. Oprah!